and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lack of Focus. I'm the host this week, Chris. Joining me, as always, we have Ed. Hey, Ed, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, good. And Sean joining us. How are you, Sean? Good. How are you? Great, great. So we have a bit of a news segment and like a bit of a main topic. So I'm going to get rolled into one. I thought the main topic for this one could be games we're excited for for 2023. And that's going to cover a bunch of our news as well with things like Shatterpoint and stuff. So we'll uh, we'll be kind of rolling all of that in. Got a couple of different topics I've or different games that I'm excited for. I don't, don't know if you guys have got anything on top of that. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's it. Should be a pretty laid back show, as is uh, as is the way normally for us now. But we'll do our standard flight deck. I'm not. I can't get away from that term. It's just going <laughs> to stick, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just going to stick for what eight years now. It's kind of ingrained. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll do Sean first. What have you been up to, Sean? Um. Well. Interesting week. I was really busy this weekend. Um, I went to a friend of mine's uh, birthday party where she, like, just inviting friends over, play board games and all that type of stuff. And so I got to play uh, a few few board games, um, played Dice Throne, which I'm not a huge fan of, like, dice games like that, you know, but it, that one's more like Yahtzee. So that's it's okay. magic dice with, with the deck yeah. mechanic as well. It's- yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it, there was, what, five of us playing? Two, four, five of us were playing, so it was like a king of the hill. And then mm. it was basically, you know, you attack whoever the highest hit points is. Kind of, you know, just a calm, friendly game of it. And, um, I played a barbarian, and um, two of the characters were, one was Santa Claus, which my friend Chris played. Steph, whose birthday party it was, she played the Grinch. And then the other two, I don't, they were just, you know, the whatever characters come out um, in the sets. Um, I have a Pyromancer, Gunswinger. Uh, Pyromancer, Pyromancer was one. Yeah. I'm not sure what the other one, I don't know what the other one was. Um, oh, there's been a few different, because they did like a season two, which introduced a bunch more. Then yeah. they did Marvel, Dice Throne. So there's been a yeah. couple of iterations the, of it now. The Marvel's the newest one because I yeah. looked it up afterwards to see. But his uh, stuff we played with was like uh, some of the Kickstarter stuff and then other stuff. So, um, new game to me. Um, I didn't mind it because, like I said, it's like Yahtzee and you basically, you know, you pick your attacks based upon what you roll. Um, it was okay. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that type of game, but. Um, and then I, we played a game of three-player Quirkle, I think it was, or something like that, where you're putting shapes down, and then whoever has the least amount at the end wins. And that was pretty fun. And then we play. what did we play third? Um, I can't remember what the third game was, but it, oh, uh, it was uh, Castle Panic. So we had a uh, five-player Castle Panic going, and um, we got our butts kicked pretty well in that, because... Castle Panic for basically a kid's game is um, probably one of the more difficult style games that there is. Um, I've never played it. What's it a, like? What kind of game is it? 
So you set up a little castle in the middle. You have wall, outer walls and then the inner castle walls. And basically it's just hordes coming at you. So each player goes, it's a card driven game. So, and the game has the, the board has six, three color bands with six pie pieces out of the six bands. And then it has outward. It has four bands, forest, archer band, knight band, and then swordsman. And then you're hitting the castles. So, Basically, what it is is that every turn you draw, potentially draw for your the bad guys to come on the board. They enter in the forest, and then after each player goes, they move one band in. And uh, basically, then when they hit the walls, they destroy the walls, take damage. And your goal is to try not to let them kill all the the castle walls that are the inner walls. Um, and it, you know, it's very beer and pretzel. That's very complicated and sometimes pretty difficult to play uh, but it's fun and we had a good time we almost won we had a chance to win and then it just kind of just fell through our fingers and there's a lot of mechanics there's like rolling boulders that do damage to everything in between until it hits a wall or until it leaves the leaves the table so is it a more uh, it's more cooperative it sounds like it, it's it's cooperative with a winner in the cooperative so Oh, Basically, who, whoever kills the most um, creatures that are attacking, the creatures have hit points. So some have two, some have one, some have three hit points. Um, and you're basically blind drawing each chit as it goes. There's boulders. You can pull boulders. You can pull um, events that happen. Certain characters, when they're pulled, have special events like moving all the characters when one one uh band in and things like that so it's it's a fun game to play you know if you're playing with the right group of people it's a fun game to play if you get the real sadistic type players that just have to win it's not as fun but yeah like, like i said it's a it's a nice beer and pretzel style game um beyond that i had to leave early i wasn't feeling very well saturday um so i left early so then I don't think I've really done anything in the last couple weeks game-wise um, other than a little bit of arcade games here and there. Um, and that then still, I found out... That still counts. Yeah, yeah. And then what else did I do? Oh, um, found out my, my Acadia stand box comes in Friday. So I'll be picking that up Friday and piling it on top of all the other boxes of models I have till I get my dining room cleared out and set up for the painting and, and assembling. So uh, beyond that, that's about everything I've done for the last two to three weeks. Sounds good, Sean. So you got some games in, you got some video games in, you uh, got to feel like shit for a little bit, you know, that makes me happy through Schadenfreude, so that's good. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What about you, Ed? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm still on my unfortunate... It's my hiatus from gaming until I can actually get to the game store. I've at least been active in our, our local I mean, discord. You've just got to do your homework, man. Then you take more free time. Do your homework when you get in from school and you'll have all the time in the world to play your games. Well, it's more along the lines. It's legitimately, it's because I'm in the office every single day. This during this time frame as I'm bringing up this new junior developer. Who's great. I can't personally blame him. Um, he's fantastic. He's been doing really well. He's really excited about the role and I've really been excited working with him. Um, but it does kind of leave that 
yeah. in my life whenever I leave work, have to drive home, have to eat dinner, and then the store is going to close in an hour. So by the time I pack everything up, get there, I couldn't get anything in. I don't have time you, to get the game in that I could, want. You could pack your army in the morning, take it to work with you, get a drive through on the way to a game store and play a game. I could. I could. I, You're like right. Once a, once a month, you could just pencil that in, you know? Well, the way I figure this is a temporary thing. Like normally the way that my schedule works out is I always have Tuesdays and that I'm working from home that I can quite literally close my laptop lid. Gabe's already loaded the stuff, loaded the stuff into the car and we're at the store and we're there by 530, which gives me plenty of time to get a full quote unquote full 1500 game in a 40 K. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to that two more weeks. Um, This is uh, at the time of recording, we're in the week of Thanksgiving here in the U.S. So I'm going to... Th- the show will be out tomorrow. Like the, the show, This show will be edited and out in a matter of hours. Woo, look at that. Chris doing Chris stuff. So yeah, this is the week the week of Thanksgiving, so we'll be there. So, like, I've got another couple of days off. I'm going to... Gabe and I talked about... Um, we were supposed to set up a table and play a game on Sunday, and then it turns out he had a schedule wrong. He was supposed to work on Sunday, didn't realize that we had time on Saturday. We could have done it and didn't, but I'm going to try to squeeze in a game just to kind of refresh our memory within the next couple of weeks because um, the ne- I'm two weeks away from getting back to my normal schedule, which I'm looking forward to. Um, so let's see. I got games. I did get games in, but they're all video games. I finished the first game of the Telltale series for The Walking Dead. Um, had that sitting on the shelf down here for a while. It's got the full collection that has all of them. Uh, I've never done a Telltale game. I played Batman. I played the first of the Batman Telltale ones, but I played through it like three times and nothing changes, no matter what you do. No matter what you do. You know know what? I'm I'm kind of not really interested in playing another one now. Well, so the Telltale games... Go ahead, go ahead. That's my fault for peeling back you know, I'm looking behind the curtain. If I had just played it through once, it's a fully interactive story where my choices mattered. But turns out I played it three times and nothing added matters. So Maybe that's whatever. the way they did the Batman one. So, for example, my daughter and I were both playing it. My oldest daughter and I were both playing it at the same time. And choices that she made, I intentionally made the opposite choice. And our stories have varied off into different directions. There's definitely major beats, major events that are going to happen. But, like, for example, characters that died in her playthrough didn't die on my playthrough and vice versa so like i have characters who are alive in my story right now that aren't alive in her story i think the thing for me that would have been frustrating and i don't know like i said this is my first telltale game so i've never i so i don't know how all of the models are i know they did a game of thrones one. i know they did the batman one but the the walking dead one they did in chapters in like a yeah. season in a season pass. So whenever you bought the game, you only got the first chapter and then over the years they released other ones. Now the copy that we have has all of them. They're all combined into one, so that wasn't so bad. But I'm trying to imagine how frustrating that must have been like, "Oh, well chapter 2's come out. I've got to continue to play this game." So a game that you bought for retail at 40 or $50 every couple of months or every or however long it took, you have to keep buying in to get the whole that would be kind of frustrating. That having been said, you're right. It's an interactive story. It was kind of a nice sit on the couch, not really think about, like, not worry about getting your, I got to get the ridicule here. Like, it was just an interactive story, which was interesting. It was fine. But I I don't know that I'm going to go back and play the other four. It wasn't that, if that's going to be the case, then the story has to be really, really good to grip you. Because that is legitimately the only thing going on. And I didn't feel the story was that strong. So, um, 
I also had uh, I'm kind of going through the, the going through my backlog now since I've got nothing else but to do to play video games. We have Mass Effect Legendary Edition and I have never played Mass Effect. Um, again, having skipped that seventh generation of gaming, I totally missed the entire Mass Effect um, explosion and how how popular that game was at the time. So I, over the last few uh, couple, of, probably about the last two weeks, have beaten the first Mass Effect, and I'm just starting on the second Mass Effect. Um, really cool story. That one's a really good story, and because I'm only playing, I. Again, I'm only there for the story, so I'm not playing it on the high combat modes. I'm not making all the bosses like extremely hard. Uh, I did play it on the casual game through. I may go back and play it again, you know, Games Plus and try to play it on a harder if I really want to challenge. But I was mostly there for the story and the universe, and it's all fantastic. It is a really cool sci-fi universe, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2 and 3 bring. Um, but So that's the, ne that's the next thing on my list. So I want to finish out those two games and then... I, Hopefully by that point in time, Santa will have been here. The Callista Protocol will be in my hands and then the uh, Dead Space remake. And that'll be uh, those two games will make me very happy. But that's it. That's all I've been doing. Like I said, it's been mostly a lot of work. And as Chris alluded to, a lot, a lot of homework. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> as Chris was a dick at me for. <laughs> Look, I don't know how else to put it. I have kids that are on that we kept from home for the first year that COVID hit in 2021, the, the model works for my wife and I, because, you know, if the kids sleep in, there's not that gigantic rush. 6.30 in the morning, getting sleepy kids, jamming food in their face, putting, getting them dressed and throwing them on a bus. And then someone forgets something. Someone doesn't do that. We have two children. My two oldest are type one diabetic. Someone evident, eventually will forget their PDM or whatever. And then that leaves my wife in a position where she's the only one home because she still works from home that that puts it all on her shoulders and she's still trying to do a job. She has a full-time job too. So it just became super convenient that, you know, if the kids sleep until nine, they don't have a live class today. As long as all their homework's done, that's fine. But it's put us into the, over the last few years where the kids kind of like, they figured out the game to the system. Like, Oh, it looks like I attend a class when I go through and click, click, click. Yep. I read all the things I'm done. And then you go to take the test or then you go to take the quiz or then you go to do the homework. Oh, well, the first question is this. Well, what did it say in the lesson? I don't remember because you didn't read it. That's why you don't remember. Um, some of our children, I think, are better off than others. I think it's interesting the the bookends the way that I have it. I think my oldest is doing just fine in that environment because he can read and he can do all his lessons. He's actually doing the the model where he does all of his homework on, on Mondays. So that he has the rest of the week to do whatever he wants. He has to show up for his classes. He has a couple of live classes. He shows up for those. But beyond that, he has the rest of the week to do whatever he wants. And my youngest is doing best. The two in the middle, I think, would probably be best served in an actual classroom with an actual teacher. Because I think they need a little bit more assistance. They need a little bit more help. They need a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time. I don't know that they're necessarily the type of learners that read and watch. I think they're more interactive learners. And this environment's not working well for them so that leaves a lot of help that they need when i come home on monday like oh yeah i've got social studies i can't tell you I, i'm i'm a damned expert at sixth grade math at this point that's all i'm saying oh and the last oh. thing I, 
I did want to mention this before in case, at the time we're recording. You can still do this because if you're going to hear this on Tuesday, for the love of God, go watch the Artemis videos, the live feed that's coming off of the probe or the, the spacecraft that we sent that's currently right now orbiting the moon. I think it's due back to start head back on Thursday. Um, they finally lit that damn rocket after two misfires or two fails, failures to launch. They finally got the moon in the position where they need to be. They had good weather. They finally figured out how to fuel a damn rocket, um, without having it leak. And they did get that thing off the, off the ground. And there is some amazing, um, 60 FPS 4k vid video of the moon's surface, a couple of hundred miles off the surface. You're not going to see anything cooler in my opinion than that in the next, you know, this week. It's really, really cool. That's it. That's all I got. That was a cool... That's all you got? That's yeah, that was... Got? It was It was a cool launch to watch. It really was. Well... It's, it's still on my to-do list. Like, I want to get down to Florida. I have relatives that live in Florida. I want to get down and see a SpaceX launch. I prefer to see the Dragon Heavy go off because it has not one but two boosters that come down. So you got the two boosters that go up and then they come back down and then they land. And I want to see... And they land in unison and I really want to see that. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I still want to go to Disney World first, so you know, or Disneyland, whichever the California one is. I can't be bothered. I can't be doing with with the humidity in Florida. Yeah, I'll do the is, California one. Land is yeah, land. You, if you really want a good experience of Disneyland, Disney World, go to Florida because you really have a lot more there than you do in California. They do. They do. Like they're they're two entirely different attractions, if you want my honest opinion, because like Disneyland is like I was genuinely surprised that Disney how small having been to Disney World and had the kids there, and then to go to Disneyland. Disneyland is much much smaller. Um, you can walk it in half a day. Like Disney World is like you need days if you depending on which parks you want to go to. Yeah, yeah. I did build that lightsaber at Disneyland though. I know. I know. Uh, no, I just I I'd conv- I'd just be annoyed with the heat. It would just bother me, and the mosquitoes. Not the, uh, when you're not in the park and all of that side. You know what I mean? I I do not do well with that shit. I would just I would make it not fun for everyone who was with me. I'm not a big fan. Much of- like this podcast. <laughs> I'm not a fan of standing in lines, and that's what Disney really is. I'm sorry, Chris. Standing in queue. Uh, they're lines. They're lines. Okay. It's fine. Um, so I have had an extremely busy time since we last recorded. Lots of um, work at the store and then lots of work for Dice H trying to get products in and um, I prototyping different ideas and doing lots of production. So that's been pretty exciting. Um, if you're a Patreon and I, if you're a Patreon and are on the Discord, You'll have seen a bunch of the uh, the cheeky wee spoilers uh, that I've been trying to put out of like, what I'm working on. Uh, but there's been some X-Wing products, some D&D products, some general miniatures, gaming stuff. Um, there's been some really fancy things. There's been like uh, just generic stuff. I sold out of, uh, in the store. I took in some, uh, some bargain bases. I, I made sure I could get a set of 10 25 mil bases that are the cheapest in the store, and like they've sold out already. Really? Make, yeah. Good job. I mean, it does what it says on the tin, man. I I, I made does. like the crappiest. Uh, I deliberately made all of the packaging. It's just a a, a plastic bag. Is it what bag with 
um, the card topper and like the punch bit for like the peg hook. Yep. But I found like the most generic, basic, like library book font for my bargain bases. 25 millimeter round. And that's all it says. Like my logo's on the back, and I, I didn't even put my logo on the front of the packaging. I put it on the back. So it's just plain white cardboard <laughs> with bargain bases written on it. Four ninety nine Canadian gets you ten bases. Can't count Yeah, <laughs> but just like stupid things like that. But like making the packaging and like doing all of those designs takes time. I've had a a trying day today. I've been going over. I'm working on um, uh, the Arkham Horror LCG um has locations so the cards that you move to and are connected to each other. So I'm working on connection arrows like double-sided, single-sided uh, arrows for like this location connects to this location kind of thing. I've got the arrow design that I want and I'm happy with and the sizing right and the ways I can cut them all fine. And then I've been messing around with either etching them, scoring them and hand painting them um, and then trying to see if I can print the design on them. And I just can't get the balance right from my first few trial efforts went really well, but now I'm trying to scale it up. It's just been a, a wasted day. Well, not like, wasted to every, learn something. Yeah, everything, but it's wasted a lot of material today. Was uh, sure, sure. Was the uh, I, I a little bit frustrated. I couldn't get to a finished product today because I just I just wanted that, and because I'm not starting on designing Sean's wound dials until I've finished this project because I want to knock one project off at a time. Yeah, the wound but, counters. I'm definitely going to be interested in. Yeah. Um, I've got ideas for that as well, but I've, uh, like I said, one project at a time. So, um, I, I, that, well, that's kind of a lie. Cause I already started messing around with what size dials I can go to for different size, different numbers, still make it readable and legible sure. and kind of getting that balance. So I have started on that project, but I didn't want to put too much effort into that until this one's done. Cause I don't want to have too many prototypes just sitting around the house. But we we did mass produce a batch of um, healing potions with the the resin with the D4s in. So, I like that. Um, they are the seventeenth best selling item in Sentry Box for like role playing stuff. So like, if you think that like players' handbooks for D and D five E would be number one. Yep. Uno. Yeah, they're the seventeenth best selling. If you remove D and D five E, they have a second best selling product. Ooh. So it, it goes Chessex, like the small Chessex dry erase mat or wet erase mat, my healing potions, then the large Chessex mat, then I think my bigger healing potions are like seventh on that list. So, nice. well, I, so I as, get... as long as they sell out. Yeah, that's it. I'm doing okay. I, I I'm it's a lot of work, but I'm kind of building that product lines. And um, I think did I tell you guys, I think I might have told you guys privately, I don't think we've spoke about it, but Dice Hate will be selling the uh, the Gamers Grass um, basing products as well. Yeah, I saw so, that. The little grass tufts and all of that. Yeah, yep. I saw those. Those are cool. Yeah. I'm really uh, looking I, forward to the store when it finally goes I, up. Yeah, I use them all for um, for all of my basing on my models that I paint and stuff. So. Same. Um, yeah, I just started that. Admittedly, like, and it, it, it's interesting to me because I remember way back in the day, this, uh, this is going to expose. I used to make my own 
And what I used to do is I used to go to like a Home Depot and get those like 25 cent chip brushes, which are yeah. like the old coarse hair. And then I would just literally take a pair of scissors and cut them. And then literally with a pair of tweezers and a little yeah. gobule of glue, you'd put those down like that. And then this is just all in one. And it's just literally pick it up, stick it. Do you glue yours? Like, are they meant to be glued? I know that there's... It there's depends. A... Um, it depends how rough the surface I'm putting them onto is. And that. Right. So generally, I don't most of the time. Most of the time, I'll push them on, and then I put my varnish... I put them on before I varnish. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the time, I don't. But my I have first... done because I've been using that Agsrax Earth, um, the one that the crackling paint from GW. Yeah. And Agrelin, Agricon, Agrelin. Agrelin, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know the one. It's the one that looks like Mars. It's the one, it's the, or Martian Earth is the one that I'm looking yeah. at. You put it on, you put it on really, really thick, and as it dries, it crackles. It's a really cool effect. There are ways that you can do the effect cheaper if you really wanted to, but flat out, I like it. I like the. It's all in one bottle. Pick it up, scoop it, works. It's great. Love it. But because of the uneven surface and how that comes down, the ones that I put, the first couple I put down, peel right back off. So then I've been putting the, a little bit of... So what you need to do with that stuff is you once you put it down you need to do a really thin coat of um americans elmer's glue pva you uh, can say pva yeah a really thin coat of pva glue over it because what will happen if you don't do that your chips will start to peel off over time and, and stuff and that is exactly so you, what I... you, and that will have the effect of giving the the adhesive on them something better to bond to rather than the flaky bits I see what you're saying. So you're talking putting the PVA over top of the the finished. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Now that you said, because it does dry clear. Yeah. And then you're gonna varnish it anyway, which will even out the shine across everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've got some sisters I got to put on the paint table this upcoming four day weekend. I think that'll first step I'm gonna do. It's gems like that, folks, that should be YouTube shorts and make me money, but I hide them away in garbage content like this. <laughs> uh, I'm such a dick. To yourself, um, no less. To yourself. You're literally yeah. doing it to yourself. But yeah, I've been, like I said, I've been really busy. I worked it out, so they, the store fucked up my pay last month, so underpaid me by 30 hours last month. Ooh, luckily, that's a good chunk. But, uh, I spoke to you and I was like, look, luckily it happened when we've just sold all the house. So I've kind of got that can be our like cushion. It's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of survive. I don't have to send Jill back to work just yet. <laughs> um, But taking those hours out, I still worked an average of 31 and a half hours a week at the store this month. And then I've been doing at least 30 hours a week for dice hate stuff. And then I've been trying to pick up slack with like taking EV swimming or doing things with family and trying to be a dad and help clean up. And so Joe's been carrying a lot of the weight, but I've been maxed out. So I've not had much time for gaming, but we, that said, we did finally get to start our um, Arkham Horror campaign for the Edge of the Earth. So I'm playing uh, Harvey Henry Withers. I keep it. It's really bad because it's a Henry with a W, and I, uh, you know, I, I 
there's too many connotations and names that go there that you don't want to be associated with in these these mm-hmm. modern times. Um, so I'm playing a, a frail old man uh, who can use magic. So it's the first time I've actually played um, what this kind of character. I generally don't really do the the magical stuff because I let uh, one of our other players always takes a, a caster kind of class kind of thing. That was interesting. We finally got to play. Our plane crashed in the Antarctic. Who knew? We had to go around and try and find some shelter. And I kept saying, look, we're just going to camp here because we're in the cave and we've done this one now. We should all just come here and do this. And they kept saying, no, no, we'll get more clues. And then we got more clues. And then we we're like, oh, we've got, we don't have enough time. We've got to camp there. So, yep. Yep. I, I agree. We have to camp where I said we're going to have to camp. Yep. Yep. Like a while ago. Yep. So, I mean, that forced me to play the game I enjoyed with my friends for an extra hour. So, you know, I could have got out of that shit, stopped playing the game I enjoyed my friends sooner if it had just listened to me, but they didn't. I I had to enjoy myself more. It was unfortunate. Took one for the team. I get it. Yeah. Um, I've been... I started painting some more orcs for 40k. I, I kind of very quickly realized that my Nurgle demons aren't going to scratch the right itch for me for 40k. Yeah, you were mentioning this. Because, well, I played them in, like, obviously I played them originally when I bought the army, like, 11 years ago. And they're a very methodical, grindy army. Then I played them in Warcry, and they're a very methodical, grindy army. And then the way we're playing 40k is, like, at relatively low power levels. So if I want to take my great unclean one, it becomes such a skewing factor on the game of like, it's, I can see my opponents not having fun and that affects my enjoyment of it because I, that's a lie. They can either deal with the great unclean one, which means they have fun, or they can, which means they don't. But I can account for either scenario and I still like just play my game around, you know, around what's happening. So nothing changes for me. And it's a very um, digital game for my opponent. Uh, they either can deal with it or they can't. And if they can, I probably table them. If they can, they'll kill a bunch of stuff, but maybe not quick enough to stop me winning. So it just, it it felt very like, I don't know, maybe it's, I, I kind of, we spoke about it in the past, but like that, that 50 power level is, is good enough, but I still think a great on Queen 1 at that level kind of warps it a little bit. Yep. It reminds right. it reminds me of games like I remember um Chad would Chad would play the exact same list, I swear, in fifth and sixth edition at a thousand points, which consisted of a land raider, Karn, Berserkers in the Land Raider, and like a Defiler. And either you had what it took to deal with the Land Raider, and then the game was over because that was a quarter of his points, or you didn't. And if you yeah. didn't, it was unfun times. But I think, like, ultimately, to me anyway, like, anyone can have fun the way they want to. You know, no judgment here. Sure, agree. Lots of judgment, but, you know, not relevant judgment. Um, but, like, yeah, I kind of move past that. I just, like, once I know that it doesn't matter what I do, like, I'm no longer playing the game. I've just plugged my list in, and then what happens, happens. That Even if I'm winning and rolling a bunch of dice and killing you, like it's not fun because you like I kind of 
I've played that many different games now. This isn't supposed to be like a humble brag or anything like that, but you kind of plot out, like, okay, so he's he should shoot here and do this much damage, which means that I've got two turns to stall in there while I, so I'm getting this many points here. So in two turns, like the uh, is it the it's it's not Julia Roberts, but the Julia Roberts mathematics meme, and yep. like doing all yep. the things, and then. Um, so this game I'm going to lose by five points in three turns time or this game I'm going to win by ten points in three turns time and like barring massive swings and or my opponent doing the wrong thing or me missing something because obviously I don't know all the stratagems and things yet so that's that's kind of an interesting part but like and not that we play games on dice but sometimes the dice can be a gigantic swing RNG is a thing in life. Oh, so yeah. I, I play well. I played a game with. Well, we'll get there, but I, um, so I, I was trying to think of what else I can do, and I, I, my dad was sending me the Imperial Knights that I'd ordered from the UK, um, which was the minimum amount of models I could get. But then I was like, well, that's just going to be the exact same thing. Like, if I have a knight on the table, that's no different than having a great and queen one on the table. So. I don't really want to do that, but then I'm already like, I already have this massive army. I'm already invested in these knights. I tried, I was going to return them to the store, but then the knight bot packaging is different in the UK. So I couldn't return the Questus. I could return the Armagers, but not the Questorus knight. And I'm like, well, I don't want to lose money on it. Like, fuck, I'll keep those. It's fine. I've already, I've already opened a book and scanned the code and everything for that anyway. So whatever. And then I was walking past the cabinet. I was like, Holy shit, those are my orcs, aren't they? I've got an orc army in there. <laughs> so I like, looked at it, and to get to 25 power level, literally the only thing I had to do was buy the beast boss on Squigasaur, which is a really nice model anyway. So I bought that, started painting him, and then... I've got to make my joke. That was an, unbased, that was an unbased orc I saw in those photos, and I was like... Not because I haven't played with unpainted models, because I have. And it was painted. You just hadn't based it yet. But I was like, I can't believe Chris fielded that. So I feel it gets worse, Ed. I, yesterday, no, Saturday. No, yesterday. I don't even know anymore. But yesterday, I fielded 20, what, 22 unpainted, unundercoated models. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Was that a gray it was gray gw plastic gray plastic yeah oh my god uh, the, the guy wanted to play for uh, a bigger power level just to get because he's playing he's got all the leagues of voltan stuff and he's been building stuff up and he's trying to make decisions and was like yeah i can probably go up to 40 with what i have so if you want to play 40 that's fine um but anyways um so i played 25 power with beast boss on squigglesaw a unit of 20 um Beast Snagger Orcs, um, 10 Gretchen, and a Knob <laughs> on Smasher Squig. Knob. Yeah. Uh, so that was 25 power, and I only had to paint one model to get through that. Then to get to 50, I've got to do 20 Shooter Boys, um, 6 Squig Hog Boys, and another 10 Gretchen. And that'll give me like a bunch of units. It should be good. I'll enjoy that. Yeah. Um, Orcs are and- fun. Well, you say that, and then I played the League of Voltan. Okay. And, and yeah. Like, 
turned, I, I, halfway through a game, my opponent's like, oh shit, uh, I have 47 power. So he had an extra 10 man squad on the table. It's like, look, that actually makes me feel a hell of a lot better. It wouldn't have changed the outcome of a game. Yeah. But it makes me feel a lot better because, like, I don't know that my army can actually beat any leagues of Botan army. Any at all. Yeah. I, it, that, it, that's not, that doesn't mean that orcs can't. It just means that the, the handicaps that I've placed on myself by making the list that I wanted to make, which is a wholly separate conversation, which is probably its own main topic. Probably. But I don't know. I, I said to Aiden, like, we'll have to sit back and go through and, like, if I actually care, we'll play the same things again, just so that I can kind of see where I went wrong and what I did. I, if holding back for a turn is actually the right thing, so I can get into combat with different things. But, um, I'm just saying, there's uh, a reason why James Workshop was out there doing a video going, oh yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll skip the middleman, and whenever well, you buy, buy a Leagues of Otan army, we'll just send you a first place tournament trophy. But, I mean, that they fixed the points levels. They fixed the points levels, they didn't fix yeah. the mechanics. So no, like, but, I, but they didn't fix the power levels, Ed. So when we added oh, up my, so, like, my army right. is exactly 750 points for my 40 points list was exactly 750 points. My opponent's army, if he'd have not had the extra unit, was 940 points. Yeah. And that's where, like... Because like, Andy I... had an extra unit, so it was over 1,100 and something points. So I was paying up, playing over 300 points down. Well, but... and they've done it in the past where they've rebalanced the power level of things. The, admittedly, there's down... Yeah, like two, down. two of the things in my book have got different... My, my Beast Boss and Squiggersaw in my book is only eight power. In the app is nine. Yeah. So, like, hopefully when they do the, power, the points in January, they hit the power levels as well, because if they don't... I So this is... Aiden's a guy I played who had the, the Chaos Knights, and he was playing Chaos Knights, and ha he bought this army because people weren't enjoying playing against Chaos Knights. I was like, I'll play, it's fine, whatever. But, you know, doesn't doesn't bother me. Then he got this, I mean, it's just even worse. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, it just feels bad for him, because he doesn't, he's not that kind of person or player. He hasn't, he's not made the cheesiest list, or, you know, he's not doing it to win. Those are the people I think I feel bad for the most. The the old school squats players or like, you know, their army was removed way back in the day or the people that have always heard the joke about the squats and, you know, the clock's been reset. You've set the name. So now the clock's going to reset for when GW finally releases the army and brings it back. All those things are now gone. They finally bring the game back. And all you want to do is play an army because you think they look cool and they are fun. And it turns out... Oh, by the way, they're completely overpowered and extremely oppressive to your opponent to play. And the uh, judgment token <sighs> mechanic is completely <laughs> broken. I, I was like, so like, do you spend these tokens to get an effect? It's like, no, they no. just stay there. No. I'm like, all oh, right, okay, okay. So I, I, I did what I thought was a good move, and then I, I held back and hid until he got into range, and I called my war. Moved, advanced, and got my charge twelve for strike a couple of his transport vehicles. Killed two of them, and he's like, "Well, there's some judgment tokens." Uh -huh. Now, now you're close to an objective, so that unit gets the second judgment token, and my cow can see you. So you're straight, like literally turn to my 
big unit of beast naggers had three judgment tokens, and my beast boss and squiggasaw had two, and then they were both dead in that. Well, my beast boss died without me rolling dice. Yeah. Because he's got rail rifles, which just ignores everything. All right, oh, okay. Well, like, cool. It's almost like, like they even need the judgment tokens whenever they have those kinds of guns. Like, what, what are they even, like... <laughs> um, and then it was like, oh, it's okay, we're, we're, we're still going. And it's like, no, jump to take this unit. I was like, no, no, we'll play this game as is. I've got no problems playing an asymmetric game and all of that. And I, I would just still just ward at you. I'm still orcs, it's fine. Um... Then I I got into combat with him, and it's like, oh yeah, you can't re-roll your wounds because I've got void armor. Like, uh-huh. oh, right, okay. Oh, is it just that unit? No, the whole fucking army has it. Yeah. Everything? And, and, uh-huh. The, the whole army? Uh-huh. But it, it's like, well, I'm playing snake bites and I'm orc, so all I have for defense is my high toughness and the fact that you can't wound me on Batman a four up, or you don't roll to wound. Okay. Well... Good, good. I'm glad I paid points for those stat lines then and those abilities. Good. <laughs> so that's well, what I mean. Like, my entire that's what, like, thing. Everyone, everyone's like, oh yeah, they're gonna fi- they fixed it with the points. They're fine. No, no, they're not. They're completely broken. The whole army uh, from top to bottom just needs a complete uh, redo. No, I, I do not think they are completely broken. I think they are massively unbalanced and warping on what you can and can't take like i if i wanted to play competitively i could not take my army because weeks of voltan exist there'd just be no point like, I'd, uh, I'd have, the- i could i i could play orcs but the orcs i wanted to play were feral like orc orc units that just get in your face and do stuff but you can't like, you know, you've like got to take too. but but you'd have to take buggies and fighters and MSU and kind of lean uh-huh. into that side of it and like the, the longer range. Yeah, what, I don't know. What's interesting is the Leagues of Votan is the way that book came out. It is the 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 tip of the spear of Codex creep. If you go into the article, like after the funny video that they did, and you actually go in and read the article they talk about, they talk about how that they were playtesting it about the previous two armies. So the previous two oh, armies yeah. Yeah. were also broke as hell, uh, which were able to be adjusted with points. Like Eldari aren't nearly as oppressive as they were before. Like, but. In Tyranids, Tyranids have kind of tamped down, but when you're playing against two armies that had to be massively pointed out to make the books balanced, and then you throw that, of course, those, like, the only way that army was going to compete with those other two was to write rules that put them into league with that and not include other things. That's why I'm, like, legitimately, I see a whole bunch of people talking about um, guard, but I haven't seen a ton of rules yet. I'm kind of curious to see how broken they are. Oh, uh, I I have my guard list already. It's just a shadow sword. Yeah. <laughs> right, what, what's that? I'm going to shoot at you. Oh, are you a tank? Oh, you're dead. You're are you dead. a squad? Well, one of your models is dead. It's all right. Well, the upside is my hope is that when the World Eaters Codex comes out, Chad's going to be massively happy and have a gigantic raging cord heart on him because if that thing was maged against the Leagues of Otan in their broken state... Oh, they're going to have to be amazing because <laughs> all these books have gone to print. Like, I mean, you have to kind of understand, like, the, the, the life cycle of a codex, that's already gone. Whatever PDF yeah. they sent over for the printer, it's gone, which means it's coming back as it was. They'll probably points balance it eventually. But my hope is if that's their design philosophy, 
World Eaters no, is going to be the end of all 40k. They're just going to roll over everybody. I've, <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of videos on the guard from people who already like have had the leaks and things like that. And the guard's kind of up and down depending upon what you're playing. You know, some things are good, some things are okay, and some things are you know really good so yeah i think the infantry seen the biggest change with the orders and like yeah, they lost yeah. a, a couple of staple orders um yep. gained a bunch of other stuff but like i think guard will be fine because like guard will be able to do what they do and we like i would play guard against league of voltan and not feel like i think that'll be perfectly fine and balanced i think the changes to what they did to league will work against guard sure, I just i'm sure don't they think will. it works against my style of orc army yeah, and it, it makes me. I I only pivoted to orcs to make it more fun, but it's like, do I have to just play demons against Aiden to give him a real game and not let him feel bad? <laughs> I mean, may, maybe that's what happens. You know what I, I mean? I am kind of curious. All right, so and I'm not trying to detriment um, Crusade players. I'm not. I'm really not. But Crusade is not nearly as watched by Games Workshop for balance it's not meant to be necessarily 100 percent. you'd want it to be and they, they i think they do yearly power level adjustments so my hope is that they will get that right and fix that because you're right that's just completely oppressive but even with the points levels being all things considered balanced like you said you could still take a great unclean one at 25 power level yeah like so that's what would have the happened game not being balanced. is had we would have played uh Again, we're grown-ups, so we can kind of sure. self-balance and stuff like that. And what we spoke about, because obviously we've got to just wait and see what a person running the Crusade wants to do. Like that's like We're not going to bully him or try and enforce anything. We're kind of happy. But between ourselves, we're like, well, I don't really want to handicap you by giving you less points, so a correct thing is probably give me, like, the other players more. Or, like, kind of if we play so if we played 40 power level again i would get 50 because when we did it points my 50 point list was still around about the points value of his 40 power level list so yeah and that's what we did i don't know if you recall whenever we first got back into 40k and poor poor chaos space marines like you know the regular primaris marines regular base Astartes had two wounds and Chad was still working with the Codex where his Berserkers only had one. We made all those in-house changes like, all right, all of your Berserkers now have two wounds. It's what they should have. Um, and then we ended up to the point where we were giving him an extra 250 points because his Codex simply couldn't compete against everybody else. And I remember, yeah. I do remember in the days of 7th edition um, Fantasy them doing something similar with another army that was so far behind, like I forget what the base, I think the base was like 1750. Maybe don't quote me on this. It's been a really, really long time since I thought about seventh edition fantasy, but like the base number was everybody was playing 1750. And there was one army, I think it was tomb Kings that they were allowed to play 2000 because they realized like the competitive environment realized how poorly that codec or that uh, army. So the thing with, uh, with old Warhammer fantasy is that there were a couple of different balance packs and tournament packs, depending on what rule system you were playing under. There was the ETC packs, which is generally what a lot of people played. And I think it was like a UK GT one, but America mm -hmm. followed the European one mostly anyway. But I believe that standard games were 2,200, but Tomb Kings were like 2,450. Yeah, that's what it was. That That's what it was. 
having played Dream Kings in that time because those extra points just got me a casket of souls and a second Screaming School catapult. Yeah, which was the idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. It's fine. Uh, but then you also had um, soft scores in tournaments in those days for fantasy as well. So you right, like, you you had one of the systems was if you were playing demons or dark elves, you lose points. I personally still think soft scores should be a thing in tournament, but yeah. I can't. And for those who don't understand what we're talking about, whenever we talk about soft scores, those are your sportsmanship scores. Yeah. Is your army painted? Did you did you write a little short story to accompany your army? Because that gets you points in the tournament. I still remember the guy it, that I played in a fifth edition tournament that walked was playing. Uh, it was demon or witch hunters at the time. It's before Sisters of Battle were kind of like a full fledged kind of army who walked up to me, handed me a handmade scroll that had a wax seal on me, declared me a heretic at the top of his voice in this entire room, and then proceeded to beat the crap out of me with witch hunters. Yep. That was, I mean, that that guy won my vote. I'm sorry. Now, was he going over the top to win the soft scores? I don't know. Does he do that on his regular Wednesday night gaming night? Maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's I all think... about. It's all about. Wait, so when I went to uh, the throne of schools uh, with my um, goblins, I took little bags of um, the marshmallow mushrooms to give out because you could eat the mushrooms to power up your spells. I'd I'd give my opponents some mushrooms because because I wanted to win. I don't even like people. Just let me win. <laughs> I'll take five tournament points for free. I mean, it cost me like ninety nine p for some toffees, and I get to get five tournament points. Yeah, right. I I was that person. It's all right. I didn't say there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I get it. I totally get it. But nowadays no. they don't they don't do they don't do soft scores. No. Um so what else I done? I ran a Yavin event. Ooh. Uh, so we played Battle of Yavin on Saturday. And that was really good. I managed to play so we did two rounds, one as Rebel, one as Imperial. So everyone played both sides. And then I made some acrylic objective markers. And um and I've got the uh the thinner acrylic, so it's thinner than the FFG cardboard. So, like, because if you use the thick acrylic tokens, you get like wobbly ships if you fly over your objective yeah. marker. Yeah. But this is thinner than the, the stock cardboard. So I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And I managed to print the, um, the, the print and play images on it. So, like, the, the satellite and the crates. Jesus, I'm like gassy. But just burping while talking. I'm not going to edit that out because I don't have time. You, you guys just have to suck that right up. You enjoy um, it. <laughs> That's raw, but, uncut Chris right there. But yeah, you get... Um, if you manage to blow up the Death Star and defend the Death Star, you got a set of acrylic tokens. But then I also made a limited run of Yavin... Um, the, the Death Star coming past Yavin as the turn counter. Oh, that's cool. So I, everyone who turned up got one for free for a, a suggested donation into a Chinook Squadron um, j like kitty jar thing. Um, but yeah, I, I won't be making any more of those. And that's I think I'm going to do that kind of stuff for, um, for X-Wing. Um, it's like just do limited runs of like... That this is the thing, and then I'll offer them like to patrons first, so our patrons will get like advanced notice that they're coming out, and then 
Um, we have a thing I've, I've probably should talk about this at the end. But obviously, you can support us on Patreon. If you go to dicepatreon.com, you're going to get all these bonuses and things. But uh, I'll, I think I'll be able to do like regular either discount codes for Patreon. So if you're a patron, you'll get stuff in the store cheaper anyway. And then give you like gift cards as like rather than sending out acrylic tokens and stuff like that, I'll be able to give you gift cards to like have money to to spend kind of thing. No, I like that idea better. Yeah. So that's my plan anyway. But there'll be there'll be times where it'll be like this limited stuff you can pick up or like to coincide with a release. So I'll probably do like a Siege of Coruscant um something. I don't know. I've not decided yet. But I'll kind of work on some acrylic stuff and different things for that. But I need to get my core range done first. So, like you said, you gotta have. What was the minimum number of items you needed to have to get the store started? Well, as soon as I decided to be a stockist for um, Gamers Grass, that's gone out the window. I I wanted to have ten items, but I now have probably like fifty different types of static grass or uh, grass tufts. But I sold. Um, obviously, I sold them to the store, uh, and I, I may have bought a, a bunch of them myself. So you know, I, I'm inflating my own sales, but I, I need them. So whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, I'm pretty confident I can get it all in the store in time. But I haven't actually started adding anything yet, so that might be a lie. We'll, we'll see. But my aim is January first. The store will be open. Um. But yeah, so I played some 40k, played some Arkham Horror, and um, that's been it. Oh, I played Azul um, because the stores open till 10.30 every night now, apart from Sundays. So I didn't go in on Friday night because I was going to be in on Saturday night running this um, Yavin event. So I, we invited my mum around. We had the, she made curry and we played board games because like, we've just, she's been picking up Evie and hanging out with her, her granddaughter and stuff like that, but we haven't had like a, a game night and stuff, so my mum came over and, st- and stayed here, and we played Azul. It's it's a good game. I I really like Azul. It's a good solid uh, solid family game, very tactile and fun. So good. would recommend. Good, good, good. Ed and Sean can see it. it's it's just there. Right, right there, right there. Right there. <laughs> Don't do it. I my, arm my arm doesn't bend this way. It's behind the. In this audio only format, it totally works. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like everyone knows, Perfect. it's just the. I mean, I could point here. It's just here, and they don't know I'm lying. They don't know that's like, a gazante. It wasn't even I, a gazante. It was a phantom. I was lying about that too. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So it's been been really busy, but that's a lot of waffling. I think we should move on to our main topic. Unless anyone's got anything else. Nope. Nope. I'm good. So. As we have uh, kind of uh, transitioned into being a more of a general gaming uh, podcast, obviously we we don't keep up on all of the news. I don't go trawling all the different sites trying to put stuff out and keep us relevant. So I, I generally, I don't try to date this show. Like the Legion podcast I do with uh, with um, Zach and Alan, I don't mind dating with like specific releases or matters and stuff. Because we're more generalized, I kind of steered us away from doing news segments too much so it's kind of a we do what i hope is evergreen content you know like talking about what inspires you for an rpg is always going to be relevant you know sure 100 but we're we're, we are at a point now with a couple of announcements and coming into christmas 
and stuff like that, where I was like, well, I'm going to be winding down what I'm playing games-wise this year, because obviously as Christmas comes along, it gets busier and busier. So I'm probably not going to get much more gaming in this year. But then what am I excited for for next year? And then the the release of Dungeons & Dragons Onslaught is next year. And that was a game I tried at Gamma, which I think I've spoken about in the past. I was going to do videos about it at the time, but then I had a chat with um, Alex Davey and stuff, who's like the head of the studio. And I was like, yeah, I'll kind of hold off until I can get better quality assets and stuff. And I, I now have the preview copy on my floor. I'm going to be running demos of it in the store. Um, but I'm really excited for, for that game. And then, obviously, oh, AMG. Huge, huge shout out to our boy, Alex Davey. Doing well. He moved on from whenever his... Whenever AMG moved, you took X-Wing, and he ended up having to be moved out of his position there at Fantasy Flight, ended up landing a good spot with Wizards, working on one of their high-profile uh, properties. Wiz, I believe it's WizKids, not Wizards. Yeah, but WizKids is a subdivision of Wizards. He's working I'm on Dungeons saying, & Dragons. Just saying. Okay, the, I get it. I, director you're, of Miniatures right. Gaming at WizKids. Okay, that's like saying I work at Google, but technically it's the parent company of Alphabet. I get it. I I, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying he's in. He's in, he. And I said this in the pre in the warm up show. He's literally got like the dream. He's gone through the dream nerd jobs. I'm gonna work on a Star Wars property, and he got to have some preview information of Star Wars stuff that was coming up for a lot of years, working in his time with Fantasy Flight Games, and then he moves on to work with Wizards of the Coast, working on a Dungeons and Dragons project. It's a miniatures project, which is fantastic because that is his that is his niche. It's his forte. I'm just happy for him. He's a friend. I I'm very happy to see that he's doing well. Yeah, and from my experience of trying out the game, it's really good fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It it feels like. Uh, an Alex game, an FFG style. It has all of those hallmarks. It doesn't have proprietary dice. It's just D20s and uses like a core of the 5e mechanics. But it has that kind of feel for dials and the cards and all those different things you can do. I'm really excited for it. It's a very fun game. I'll, I'll go uh, in-depth, answer these guys' questions and try to cover a little bit of that. But then the other thing, obviously, was Shatterpoint which is going to be next summer. So like, we'll we'll do a show on that closer to a time because I know I'm going to buy it. Like, I'm, it looks I'm really, really good. Yeah. I, I bought Crisis Protocol and painted all the stuff up. I'll buy Shatterpoint as well. Like The, the Clone Wars uh, style for the, min, like, for the miniatures and the sculpts are all like, they're a very different feel to the Legion ones. And... Um, I think we still don't know the scale yet. But, are, are, are we are we getting into Shadowpoint? I was just saying because that was the next question I have is like yeah. one of the things that um we had talked about in the group chat whenever we were starting up. I'm like, oh, well, this looks like a skirmish level legions game, and that that's uh -huh. good. That's good. That's uh, good for the game. Chris started shouting at you and Sean. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> um, because apparently the scale might not be the same. Um. Uh, and I don't know, I I remember I've seen Legion on the table, but it's been a really long time since, but they're still at a 28 millimeter scale, correct? 32 is so it, they're at, it's, so the primary scale, which isn't isn't really, 28 mil. I I mean it uh, is no, they're 32, but it's G, not. GW has upscaled to 32 millimeter for quite yeah. some time. That has yeah. been since eighth edition and moving up. 
But like Malifaux uh, is 32 mil. Um, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of like modern games are now like 32s probably. If you actually count GW stuff as 32 now, sure. which gives them more it actually gives them a more accurate height representation to play with at 32 okay. mil. It's almost as if Primaris Marines were supposed to be true scale Marines, isn't it? Hmm. Because it never made sense how a eight Just foot tall, how an eight look, foot tall a chance big, but, look, and look, a guardsman are the same height. <laughs> look, that cat a chance of death well, but it's also 0.8 gravity. So you I just know. grow a bit taller. It's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Cat chance have a worse scaled models in All existence. Right. Yeah. What about Sisters of Battle? Ophelia 7's a 1.0 1. 1. 1. scale, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <sighs> yeah. So maybe I'll take the guardsman out of the scenario. The fact that an eight foot tall super killing machine, Astartes, is the exact same height as the Sisters of Battle, who is a human female, <laughs> admittedly in power armor, same height. But um, yeah, for, I I think the scale for Shatterpoint could be as large as uh, Old Inquisitor scale, which I believe is um Ooh, fifty. Is that, uh, I was gonna say two. I think yeah, it's not forty; it's like fifty-two. No, I I think yeah. Like I, the impression I got watching that trailer was that they were all on Hulk-sized bases for we for um Crisis Protocol. And that Which, could be a, a me misinterpreting the depth of the camera, you know, like the lens and sure, all of sure. that. Sure, sure. It's a little hard to tell honest, video. Yeah. Uh, especially when everything's to scale to itself. Right, exactly. So they like, could, they it could, could be... be it could be 10 millimeter, we just don't know. I doubt that height. Well, the, the, if they are the same scale, uh, if they are on normal-sized crisis protocol size bases, that would imply a 40 mil scale, I believe. Which is why I thought which the the thirty eight, which was put out by the French um, publication that I linked in the Discord, um, has been refuted as being incorrect information by the official AMG Shatterpoint site. So they are not thirty eight mil. The only thing we know is they're not thirty eight. Not thirty eight. Which I would take to mean that they're not twenty. They're not twenty eight. They're not thirty two, and they're not thirty eight. Yeah. So forty mil is probably like if you made me gun to my head put money on it, I would put money on the forty. But I'm like seventy percent for forty. I still that little thing of like I don't know. They could be bigger. Could be and bigger. Like, if they are Inquisitor style scale, like closer to about fifty, they're gonna be a joy to paint. Like really sure. cool. Oh god, yeah, they're gonna be really really cool. Um, so there's a there. I remember when I my first inkling before we talked about the scale, I was like, well, this is really, really good for the game because if you're already a Legions player, you could take the models that you already have and just play them at a smaller scale. But that doesn't sound, potentially doesn't sound like what they did. So that is kind of one area of ire from the Legion fan base of going, well, they're not like, it's a completely different different game. It's a different scale. Well, then it's... It's it's a different game. So, You're right. It's a different game. They didn't do the GW model where, okay, I have a 40k army. I can scale that down and play kill teams. Yeah, but but so to me, I I this is the thing I really hated about what you guys were talking about, and uh, it really bothers me that this is where the conversation inevitably goes, and why people go there is a mystery to me. But um, 
so so you this, realize real real quick i do want to qualify what i said that was more parroting or parody oh i i 100 know that you were having a joke whilst also taking the advantage of the fact that you knew once i bet that you didn't <laughs> that you had me you just had to reel me in so yeah i i'm fully fully aware okay. of what just was happening making so. sure just making yeah. sure yeah. You know, well, the inter- you know, texting and and messaging, you kind of lose context in things. No, no, I I was <laughs> along for a ride, and I was letting you enjoy your moment. But so, ju- if you I guys can like... read some of the stuff that shows up in our 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 little in chat, oh god. Anyway, <laughs> but so that that comparison of well, forty k and kill teamwork. Like, do they though? No. Like, do does Kill Team? If Kill Team was something that had to be its own thing, do you think it would like live as a game, or would it already be dead? And is it already dead? You know what I mean? Like, I know plenty of people that play and enjoy Kill Team, and and you're right. We say that like, okay, technically they're the same scale, and you could still use quote unquote the same models but the 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 loadouts for individual models the fact that okay i've got a guy that's got this gun and i've got a guy that's got that particular right. loadout right. it's it's not it, it, yeah it, it's, it's, very, it's, a, it's very disingenuous and yes. i think that it's and and i think it's a false comparison i think it would oh, yeah. be closer yeah. to say that like it's like 40k to adapt to titanicus or it's 40k to an article imperialis or you know what i mean it yeah, no, no. Like, well, are, oh, quite literally, it, it's forty k to Inquisitor. When yeah. Inquisitor came out and was a fifty-two millimeter game uh, involved like character-driven role, like almost literally a tabletop RPG experience where you didn't have points values and stuff. It was like, yeah, oh, oh well, my Inquisitorial retinue just happens to be five Space Marines. I don't care that you took an Inquisitor and his henchmen get fucked. I just shot you with a bolt gun and all your guys are dead. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well, cool. Do you so want to play way, again? <laughs> Chris, the way that I look at it is it's kind of like kind of like a mashup of, you know, what the Marvel, what the Marvel game that they make is with a similarity to how it's presented in like X-Wing, where it's you know, you're you're not having 25, 30, 40 figures on the table. You might have three to five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so the stupid thing is, I don't know what it is going to be. Yeah, and it's hard I'm, to I'm, I'm, Yeah, I'm excited to see. And like, hopefully they'll trickle like more news and they don't make us wait for Depticon or whatever. Right. But like, I just, all of this talk of like, oh, well, it's going to kill Legion because it's going to pull players. It's like, oh man, if you're worried that so, people are going to stop playing Legion to play you know, a different game. So what I've like... seen, what I've seen mostly on the argument about Legion isn't about pulling players. It's about pulling the AMG assets. So I'm going to cut you off then because I, that's a separate thing I want to move on to next. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I'll just, gotcha. I'll finish. But like, yeah, but like, if you're if you're worried about your Legion community dying because people go and play this other game, you obviously don't have a good Legion community and aren't putting enough work in. Exactly. Yeah, like, you're, you're correct in that. Like the you 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 could like your community won't last forever. I hate to say it, but there's only one forty k. Yep, there aren't that so, many evergreen game, miniatures games. There and, aren't. 
I was talking about this with someone else the other night. Um, like forty k hasn't actually lasted for was it forty two years now or whatever it is forty years. Like it's not because ninth edition forty k bears zero resemblance to Rogue Trader. True, like, true. The, like the like you could not play play Rogue Trader and then be able to play ninth edition forty k. It's no. not the same game. It's not, there no. are nine versions of 40k. Correct. Like some I of would, them are closer to others. Yeah, and, and, and that's like, the argument that I go. Like, I think once you yeah. get into like the third and fourth editions of the game, you could see. Well, I mean, you could see well, the connective tissue between the two games. How, how many times? How many editions of 40k have you actually played, Oed? But I played third many? edition, fourth. Yeah. I played fifth. I played sixth. I missed seventh. I missed eighth, and I've played ninth. So yeah, there's. So, two, and I never so, played Rogue Trader. I've like I was yeah. admittedly beyond. No, but I, I started in second edition. I threw my teddies out of a pram when they released third edition. I was I was literally the people. Uh, if the internet existed, I would have been on Facebook complaining in exactly the same way that everyone is about Shatterpoint. It would have right. been me when third could, edition could came you... out. Repeat that phrase you just stated, because I, I threw my teddies out of a pram. I spat my dummy out. Yeah, I I heard words. They sounded yeah. like English, but they didn't register a thought in my head. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Do you can you visualize the type of situation that would happen? What would involve a teddy I, being I, thrown out of a pram? I I don't know what a pram is, so that's where I'm like really uh, uh, lost. <laughs> You don't know what a pram is? What do you call it? A stroller? Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha, uh, what, gotcha, gotcha. Is that gotcha. the North so American word for a pram? Yeah, kid, kid yeah. throwing throwing the, the bear out of the stroller. Now I got it. Now I understand. I'm sorry, you yeah. threw that phrase in there, and like I'm like, wait, what What, what did that mean? All right, this, all right, it's probably TMI. The, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. Um, the, the junior developer that I'm working with right now um, is Vietnamese. Uh, his family were both, uh, both of his parents were born in Vietnam. His older brother's born in Vietnam. He was born here, um, but is very, very entrenched in Vietnamese culture. So there's are things that he will say, phrases and words that he will use. He has, he, he speaks perfect Pittsburghese. It's kind of really interesting to have a Vietnamese um, developer who speaks perfect P uh, Pittsburghese. And if you've ever been to Western Pennsylvania, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Pittsburghese, but he will throw phrases in conversation. And I just find myself, what, what the hell did you just say? Like, I don't know what that means. So then you just, and I, Chris, I've known you for eight years. I thought I'd heard them all. And I'm, I, you threw that one oh. out there. I'm like, what the hell was that? No, I, uh, I do my best to control my idioms and my oh, colloquialisms, yeah. but Darn sometimes, like, I need you know, that. I they're need appropriate. That. Yeah, All right, I apologize. I hope I didn't throw no. you off track. Throw your teddy out the prim. Yeah, so when they released 3rd edition 40k, they were massive changes. Yeah. Like, weapons I, I used have to have different... Like, you used to need a, a set of polyhedral dice to play 40k mm -hmm. because like a missile launcher was 2d8 damage, I believe. And like a Les Cannon was like a million D4s or whatever. Like, you know, it was different weapons had different damage profiles. Uh, vehicles moved different speeds and had different armor values on different facings. And if you shot them from a, a specific facing, you could only hit the right sponson and the right track. So you did damage to that area. 
and like there were just a billion different things and they they simplified it and made it a different game and i didn't want that so i literally just stopped playing i started playing again right at the tail end of third edition and picked up fourth edition fifth edition uh, played sixth edition uh did i play? maybe i probably touched on a bit of sixth edition maybe um seventh edition was roughly when i moved out to canada um, which I played maybe one game. I would I would not say that I played 40k in seventh edition. Yeah, so it probably like, I didn't really play in six, didn't really play in seventh, didn't yeah, yeah I didn't like play in eight. So I I I'm a 40k player. I play 40k, I can talk to you about all different armies, but I've spent of the this is gonna be sad for me. <laughs> <laughs> of the would it how many years would it be? Said when I was fourteen. Twenty four years I've been playing forty k. I probably spent so out of twenty four years, I probably only spent ten of them actively playing forty k. So forty k could have not existed, and it wouldn't have affected my life. So like, even when you think that you want your game to be forty k, it isn't, and it can't be because that that isn't a thing. The forty k in your head doesn't actually exist. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So expecting X-Wing to last forever, expecting Legion to be an evergreen game, expecting Malifaux, all of these, you know, any game War, that exists. Hordes, like any, any, it, it, you, you have the big ones. You, you take Magic the Gathering out of the equation, expecting any CCG to last for any longer than five to ten years is a, a pipe dream at best. You take any role-playing game, I mean, there's some of the role-playing games are kind no, of evergreen, uh, but not a lot so, of them. Well, like even so, D and D, yeah, five E is eight years old now, which is a pretty good fucking run. Yeah, but and like it is. I don't believe they'll call the next edition sixth edition. I think it will be. It's D and D now is the title that yeah. they're going with. Yeah, but um, and I already hear the five E normies that like literally just jumped on boat playing five E, going, "This is the only version of D and D I ever know." Going, hearing some of the changes they're going to do to D and D now, and going, "Well, that's not the game I know." I I, I feel like that happens with every edition change. No, but, they do it. But like, and and that's normal. And mm-hmm. and like, how many dead games? So I I played Rune Wars. Oh, dead Jesus. game. I played Imperial Assault. Fucking no. shelf of dead games all around me. I'm looking at one. Them. Like it's okay for a game to die, a game to end. They don't come. No one erases your happy memories of playing it, and the community and group that you made will move on. And what happens is you find the interests where they overlap still, and maybe out of the twenty people, maybe you play the next game with ten of them, but ten more people come, and you you maybe jump in with ten people like. Five of the ten that you lost play a different game five years down the line, and you're like, oh, how you doing? You know, all of that stuff is normal. Yeah. And I think it, it's it's just it's terrifying when you're not 25, 30 years into this cycle. It's easy for me to talk about because I've done it so many times. I was in the Air Force, I moved around the world the, the world, around the country, then I moved around the world. I've left my gaming groups behind and it's been hard. I've made new ones. You know, I left the group I made it. I was comfortable in Cochrane and Calgary and went to Cold Lake. And then I moved back. I, it's not easy and it sucks, but like. Well, it's an evolution. Wanting... It, it evolves. Yeah. You know, it's when I look at the group 
X-Wing group here in Omaha, you know, there's like three people left from when I ran it. You know, there's the person running it and two others that play on a regular basis. The rest that play are all relatively yeah. new. Yeah. You know, and, and, well, and then I think about like the Decipher Star Wars game. Like I know that there is still a world championship for that game every year. It is completely fan driven. They still produce quote unquote new cards, the little things you print out and slide over the original cards. So like there there are there are two sides of that coin. Like there are those people that loved, loved, love the Decipher DCU um Star Wars CCG and have kept that game alive. It's probably one of the best examples I can think of of a game that stopped being supported that is still being played by players that were dedicated to playing that game. Those communities do exist. I mean, like if, Android Netrunner is the same thing. There's yeah. There's another, community. there's another good example, you know? Uh, I so believe, there are two sides of that coin. I, I oh think yeah. Con Conquest even has um, a group around that card game too, but yeah. you know, that's, oh, that's I, kind of, well, that's that, the kind that, of, that's that, the thing about it. Devolving into a different topic. So I'm going to try yeah, and pause is. back in. <laughs> It is. Well, sorry. That, that's to say that um, be, having concerns about what you're currently enjoying shouldn't make you less excited for something new, right? Because that's an opportunity for more. And like, if you've already got your Legion army or you've already got your forty k army, I can still play with that. And spending money on Shatterpoint doesn't mean I don't still have that. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I it's weird for me, but um, yeah. So what what were you touching on? Short, you were touching on development uh, and assets. Yeah. Um, so quickly, I'll just cover my thoughts on that, just to round out Sean's point, because I feel like I know where he was going to go, and then he can um, chime in with where I'm incorrect on my assumptions here. But they've said that Shutterpoint's been in development for three years, and X Wing in my opinion, it's in the best state it's been in since second edition, like probably since like a couple of waves into Republican separatists. Like I feel like I, maybe that's rose tinted glasses for the launch of second edition. Cause I was really hyped and obviously it got us all back together doing this. So it was a lot of good stuff. And like, I'm not going to go into conversion kits and all of that stuff, but like I feel like X-Wing to me and the, I, I like the changes. So obviously I have that mentality that I think objectives are good and blah, blah, blah. But I think mm -hmm. X-Wing's in a good place. Like I'm actually playing Legion now, whereas I didn't when it was an FFG game. So like from what I hear, Legion is in the best health it's ever been in. Pikes aside, um, Armada, they obviously they said there's no products in active development, but they just released a Summa of All Fears, a Summa of All Things event kit, which we was ran yesterday and had um, nine or 11 players, I think they managed to get out for that, which is at the last Star Wars game day I ran, there were zero Armada players. So I, even though they're not developing products, they're still doing stuff to try and keep people interested. They did a print and play expansion for Armada. So doing all of this stuff whilst they were developing a game from the ground up. If you think that that game being out and being in a state where it's just maintained takes away more resources than designing it, I feel like you don't understand how things work 
I don't know where they've come, you know, what, what do you think do, they didn't do any, like, they got, they got us this far whilst doing more work. It right. can only be less work. Oh, but that's a lie. Maybe, maybe it could be the same. I refuse to believe that it's more work to keep something you've already made in production than it is to actually design it from the ground up. Given that I'm spending a bunch of my time designing things from the ground up, I can tell you, pushing print on the stuff that's already in existence is a lot fucking easier than iterating wide designs. Like, versions, printing version 7 of my X-Wing maneuver templates is a lot easier than designing versions 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. 100%. So, like, that's... Here, here's here's another just, way. Just let me make sure, Sean, is that covered what you were touching on? Yeah, for the most part. I think a lot of yeah. what it is is you have the players that are embedded in a game who feel that they're, and it's unfounded feeling in my opinion, but feel they're being slighted because AMG took over and, you know, there's been what they feel less and less, you know, stuff coming out or it's still fantasy flight stuff coming out. AMG really hasn't put anything out per se. I think that's more what it comes. It's just people, people that think that they're smarter than the developers or know more than the developers that kind of throw um, that out there. I, I do have a Star Wars take on it, but I'll let you come in first, Ed, just to make sure you, have, you get your point. It doesn't get like washed over. That's okay. Uh, so what I was the the part that I was going to point out to is just because a new game is coming out from the same company that has quote unquote the same IP doesn't mean that the game that you love. Hmm, how do I'm trying to figure the best way to word it? There could be another game that comes out that completely directly competes with Legion that isn't from another game. And I, I keep thinking about whenever X Wing came out, like. At the time when X-Wing was released, 40K was the biggest, largest miniatures game in the world. Like, and the that, biggest competitor to Legion is 40K, because 40K saw a resurgence. Correct. The, the thing that's putting Legion back is that people are getting stale of Ninth Edition. Exactly. And, this is exactly where I was yeah, going. But, yeah. So the fact so, that they're releasing another game, like, technically, they already have Crisis Protocol. Like, they, like AMG has other games that aren't currently operating I, necessarily in that space. Unironically, if I had to pick a game to be more worried about, if I was, as someone who, like, I look at all the sales, everything up in the miniatures area. So this is Chris with his Sentry Box employee hat on now. Sure. I, I track sales and I try to make sure that I've stock, got enough stock in and that I've, I have enough of a range. So something like Malifaux, the sales have contracted. So rather than trying to stock 100% of a product line, I try to keep all of the core boxes in and then everything that's not a core box. So it's not the, the master starter box for Malifaux. It's special order only. And we'll order it in for you. For Crisis Protocol, we stock 100% of a line. If Shatterpoint comes out, I i have it competing with crisis protocol i'm not get, taking any space away from legion but maybe no. i have to do the same like, that's the game i would be more worried about is it fits more of a niche that crisis protocol does the only thing that you have then because you lose the uniqueness of that style of gameplay and that i don't this isn't to say that i think it's the same engine as crisis protocol 
but it's a similar niche of larger models with less model count on the table and being character driven. Yeah. The only thing you have is then Marvel versus Star Wars. So if you only like Marvel, you'll play Crisis Protocol. But if you're looking for just that type of game, you'll play the one that's being played and the newer one is going to be... That's where my concerns would be if I had to have any, which I don't. But... Yeah, I was going to say, I think I think that that's a good way to look at it, but I think that this will have its own place in the gaming community. Yeah, definitely. At, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's... It's kind of like in, in, and I know this is heresy to some, but, yeah. but you know, it was kind of like Star Wars X-Wing flight path system and WizKids flight path system of Dragon Wing and the Star Trek game. The star, the, uh, star, what was the, yeah. it wasn't Armada, it was, was it Star Trek Armada? Attack Wing. Attack Attack Wing. Attack thank Wing. you, thank you. And, and, and the funny thing about that is in Omaha, the, there was a, you know, there was a group of people that played X-Wing. But there was kind of an underground group. A lot of people that played like Hero Clicks and those types of games played the Attack Wing games. They didn't play the Star Wars games. They played the Attack Wing. And they both had their place. Yeah. Well, I so what I wanted to round out this part of it before we get on to, because this is still a relatively negative take on the conversation, which I want to move us past. And then we can kind of close out after we've had some happy thoughts. But... um. <laughs> It is the uh, the classic Yoda quote of like, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. It's just that path to the dark side. Yep. That's what's happening. And that's what I see, is that all of these comments are driven by fear of losing what you have. And no one can take that away from you. It's something that you have to give up. Like you have to give up your Legion community. And like, you can't force someone to keep playing. That's unfair to have that expectation of other people. But you don't have to stop playing Legion. You don't have to stop enjoying your game. And fearing that someone's going to take it away from you, which isn't going to happen, is just like that. It's just going to lead down that dark path, which is where all of that vitriol comes from that Sean was referencing. And it's it's a shame. I was like come round, we'll have a drink and talk to you you know what i mean it's like yeah. there isn't anything else you can do other than like talk it through with people but the best way to ensure that you have a legion community is to buy legion from your local game store and support their events and play legion yep best way exactly. to support x-wing is to buy x-wing from your local game store because ultimately that's what's going to drive their interest in stocking it to support it is if it's selling. If it yeah. stops selling and Shatterpoint sells, you it's unfair to have an expectation that they shouldn't do anything with it. And that expectation goes on to AMG and Asmodee. You know, mm -hmm. I, it, it's a capitalist mindset, whatever. You can hate it as much as you want to. But if something stops selling and something else is selling, then that's where the resources should go. Well, you know, Ed, before the show, Ed and I were talking before you jumped in, Chris, about, you know, one of the things that a lot of people who are in this competitive view of the game don't understand, but competitive play does not drive overall sales. You know, it's a small part of the overall sales. It's the average Joe that's out there that picks up a game because it's a Star Wars game and they play it you know, on their coffee table. And that's where you came into our conversation. We yeah. were talking about X-Wing being 
designed as a coffee table game, not as a competitive play game. And, you know, and that's the whole thing about it is the majority of people that buy this stuff are not the guys that are going to be at Adepticon playing Legion. You know, they're not the ones that drive all the sales. You know, one of the things that I said was on the Shutterpoint conversation we had on our Facebook group was that, um, that, like, what was it like? Ninety percent of people are going to play Shatterpoint. Don't even know Shatterpoint exists yet. Exactly. 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 Yeah, and you're oh. correct. You know, yeah, you know, because so. one thing, one thing I will say too, and I, I don't mean to keep going down no, this no. road, but but on the Shatter, you know, on the AMG Facebook group, because I read a lot of the comments, you know, because I like to see what where the mindset is with this new game coming out, and one of the first things I saw was, is there going to be competitive players? And it's just like, let's get the game out first. Let's see what the game's like before you even think about that. I'll get, I'll, I can almost guarantee that um, AMG is probably going to have a organized I, play. I, but I would say it'll be play, organized play. I don't know that competitive play is the same thing, though. Exactly, exactly. the words I was going to yeah. use. Like, it's not exactly the same thing. The one thing yeah. I think is interesting is there's a couple of things that we've talked about that I've, I've kind of let fly by for a couple of minutes because I did want to point this out. Um, the fact that the A, the game was in three years in development before it kind of got here. So that does kind of track back to an FFG game, not necessarily named AMG game, but it was so close to finishing they decided to complete it. Um, the fact that AMG, I don't know, I'm still kind of on the, like, I'm super so, kind of uh, scared <laughs> that AMG is going to lose a license and they're not going to be able to make uh, it's, uh, it's been anymore. renewed from what I understand. Did they announce that yet? Because I'm still, no. like, they, I'm kind of iffy on like Ooh, it's kind of no, a ch- but but they're you know i i heard that too chris through the grapevine yeah. that their license was renewed okay you know yeah. you got to remember something this isn't about amg per se this is about asthma day yeah so I know. well I know. What, my expectation if i'm being 100 honest is that the shatterpoint was on the whiteboard as something to do from amg because I believe, oh, okay. And that was, like, I would say that Shatterpoint is the reason stuff got moved rather than it being an FFG game. I don't, I, right. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, that, that's, there's, it's impossible for us to ever know. Right. But, like, but I could, I could see that being true. Sure. So, okay. yeah. that's why I was trying to do, try to gauge the timeline. Like, so was this, uh, cause like they took over a couple of years ago. I'm like, but what was it something that they were going to do? And because, so, Remember the crisis protocol launched on the FFG website, right? Yep. Because AMG was a fledgling company, so it's impossible to say how much cooperation there were between studios at the time. You know, there's so much conversation to be had there uh, that you can't well, have anymore because of the vitriol. With yeah. yeah, you'll never but, know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. No, I don't even think. It's, as much as it's interesting to talk about, I don't know how relevant it is, if that makes it, you know what I mean? The point I guess I was trying yeah. to make was the fact that it shows me a lot of confidence that the, the license is going to be renewed because I couldn't possibly imagine making this type of announcement and releasing a game that Uh-oh. in six months they're not going to have a license to be able to produce. It's, I have anecdotes for you now, right? I had to physically re- like dig out it, like tie interceptors, um, like for the store. This is still Chris with Central Box hat on now. I had to get dig out. Like we had to restock interceptors. We had to restock 
like uh, I had to dig out the box of the T65s, which we had since second edition launched. Like we've sold T65 X-wings recently. We've sold interceptors. We sell Tie Fighters now. That didn't happen under FFG. So your competitive, organized play, competitive community could be ravaged, and I'm sorry for that. From a, a retailer hat, the product's actually selling now. Right. So I don't yep. give a fuck. <laughs> but wearing yeah. that hat, and that, it's, and that you, you have to understand that this isn't me giving you my holistic view of it, but selfishly as a retailer, which I, I'm not, but I work for the store, like, if you ask me what to do to do the best for the store, AMG is doing that. It's making the store want to stock the product. Like, yeah. I, I've trimmed down the numbers of X-Wing we stock again and again and again, which only hurts Asmodee's bottom line because they don't care about how many a, a single customer buys. They care about how many the distributors buy to sell to the stores. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Asmodee's so far up that um uh flow chart no um yeah the pyramid <laughs> yeah py- pyramid's yeah. good I, I was, I was, yeah well they're at the top of yeah. the pyramid and then everything yeah. flows down from there yeah the like none of it none of it's relevant like the, the people who refuse to buy anything amg and 3d print all of the stuff now that's that insignificant a number that it wouldn't even be on asmodee's radar you could kill your local store Right. I don't think that which, was your goal. Yeah, it was which isn't good. That's throw, <laughs> yeah. remember to throw that out there. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so let, let's put that to bed and move on to being excited about the games and why we're excited. So those are the two that I'm really hyped for. I know we've well, been going like, well, for like a couple of hours now, so I don't know that if you guys have got anything. Well, we talked a whole bunch about like the, the fan reaction to Shatterpoint. Having said all the things that we've said up until this point, the game looks really, really cool. Like yeah. the miniatures look gorgeous. I'm a gigantic Star Wars fan. I do think it's interesting. This is probably the first Star Wars type miniatures game that I can remember them. The starting point was the Clone Wars era. Yeah, this is one thing I wanted to because it goes even deeper than that. But I'll let you get your point out. Well, because it makes sense. The 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 reason why the original one came out where it was is. I was the target audience back in 2013, 2014. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was in that group. What they're trying to snag are the people that grew up in the late 90s and early 2000s watching the new Star Wars movies. They're trying to grab that little snag of nostalgia going, this is because that's legitimately that's the Star Wars that they're going to remember. So it was interesting to me to see that that was the time frame that they picked. And it's a smart decision. It really is. I understand. They're probably, and again, I have no idea what the game's going to do or where they're going to go. I would almost guarantee that you're going to have Darth Vader in that game. I would almost guarantee that you're going to have Luke Skywalker in that game and Emperor Palpatine. What I wanted to touch on, just from the specific thing you're talking about timeline now. Sure. So the the latest post on the FFG website is, and I'm just going to read it verbatim and see if you pick up on this. I don't know if you've seen the pictures or not, but it's time to take a look at some of the Star Wars Shatterpoint card art. What do you think of our core set squad leaders? So the interesting part of that is it calls them squad leaders, which indicates that maybe fixed characters come with fixed heroes. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a bunch of stuff to dig into from that one little sentence, but then it's Ahsoka Tano, Anakin Skywalker, Asurge Ventress, 
and Lord Maul. Lord Maul. Lord Maul with his robot legs. And Ahsoka's artwork has her with the blue lightsabers that Anakin gives her when she goes to Mandalore. Yeah, so it's all the... Yeah, so, it's all the when I say Clone Wars era, I should have probably yeah, specified what the I'm Clone Wars TV like, show. Like Anakin and Ventress is, a separ- is like distinctly separate to a grown-up Ahsoka and uh, Lord Maul. Maul. Yes. But they're in the starter set together, and the game's called Shatterpoint. So my thinking, if you've seen the Clone Wars and the Hall of the the different timelines. Oh, oh, what is it? It's something in the Force, God, I I can't remember. Yeah. It's the answer that all the the Star Wars nerds think they're going to use to reset the timeline and and fluff away the, the, the sequel trilogy from Disney. Yeah, but I think that that's what this is looking in the same way that Crisis Protocol is obviously like, with Marvel, it's really easy because you, any, any comic book run always has that stupid team-up thing, but doing it for Star Wars and using that shatter point. So this is where the timelines, right? Whatever. It's, well, so it, like, I don't know if the game saw, will have its own fluff, but I, that, if it does, that would be really cool. It would be really And it solves that same problem. Remember how fundamentally I had the problem whenever First Order came out? And oh, I, had I love the, playing Vader and Kylo with right. Exactly. Like, like, how does that, like, from a lore wise, it kind of hurts me. Like that, that shouldn't happen. Kylo wasn't a lot. Like, so that kind of helps solve that problem. If you do happen to have, eventually, a first order Kylo group and a Darth Vader fighting against each other, how, like, lore wise, do you tie it around your head to get it working? It makes sense. Oh, one of the things I really, really, really hope that they do. I want to skip Darth Vader and I want him to give me Kylo Ren and some First Order Stormtroopers. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I don't want him to do Vader at all, but I don't want Vader to be next. Oh, no, 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 I agree. I want them to make stuff in the um, sequel t- timeline. I want First Order stuff and I want Kylo. I want Ray and Finn and Paul. And like, you have all of those rich characters there to put into the game and, you can and try and too. yeah and and kind of pad it out and move it around and yeah that will let the other games have the room to breathe mm-hmm. because it's it, attracting I, a different fan base a different like a different because yeah. there there are splinter groups inside the fan star wars fan base they're the star wars purists that four five and six are the only star wars that have ever existed they ignore the fact that the prequels came up even though lucas did them and these are the same people like oh if lucas did the sequel trilogy he'd have done it better these are the same people that I, I forget that he a, did the prequel sequels I, I, I was scrolling through a really really good meme the other day and it was a picture of hayden christensen on the set of um, attack of the clones just sat like holding the like dummy lightsaber like, obviously in between a take just looking really glum like we're just waiting for the action to start up again it's just like a, a set picture of him and the caption was when <laughs> when you're playing an angsty teenager and people hate it because you're unlikable <laughs> i'm like you know what i've never considered how good a job Hayden Christensen she, does of playing Anakin the way that you actually want Anakin to. It, it's a Joffrey thing. Yes. You're you know not what I mean? supposed like, to like fuck, him. Yeah. And it's no. like, Anakin's not the hero of attack of the, that trilogy. 
it's taken me years. It's and this is probably and I hate this. I genuinely hate admitting this. This is probably comes with age and experience. I remember watching that and not necessarily caring for the way that Hayden Christensen did it the original times that I've watched it. And it's like a fine wine. As I go back to watch those three movies now, he did hear right. Anakin was not the hero of those movies. Obi-Wan was. So you're not supposed to like his character. So, so the, over the years, I've grown a greater appreciation for his. So, so as I the Clone Wars. So, go on, Sean. As I go back and watch those, I hate him even more. <laughs> like, like I go the other way just because, and you guys know this with me, is like, I am not a space wizard fan. I literally, as I've gotten older, I have really lost interest in that part of Star Wars. Like, I get the importance of it, but in the end, you know, they're the ones who ruined the fucking galaxy. They're the ones who destroyed, you know, what was, you know, a decent time to live and allowed Palpatine to come. You know, I actually am more interested in Palpatine and Plagueis nowadays than I am with any Jedi that's ever existed. I think we can safely say that Shutter Point isn't the game for Sean. Well, I will play it. I mean, it it will be because, you know, that's a game. But, you know, to me, to me today, the best Star Wars is, oh, is, is literally... Oh, we know, but... This is a different... Oh, God, is it Andor? Oh, my we're, God. We're not doing this because we've already been going for two and a bit hours. Sean doesn't like Jedi. We don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I yeah. Do. As I get older, though, that's but, just where I'm at. Yeah, you know? but like, but the point I was making was that yeah. if you watch the Clone Wars, Anakin is a hero in the Clone Wars. Correct. In the because in the it, yeah, yeah, because it is designed to tell that story right through. It's but the the prequel trilogy of movies isn't that story. Right. The story, right. like, the, like he has his fall from grace that the Clone Wars builds up. But yeah, right, um, right, exactly. So, um, that I think that's enough on Shutter Point. I still have like a couple of things for um, for Onslaught. Or has anyone else got something they're excited about that they know is coming out next year? Uh, any new not, magic not, sets? Any new retro consoles coming out? Ed? Not. Go ahead, Ed. <laughs> I was gonna say, Ed. Ed's just like recoiling from that subtle jab that I just slipped in there. Fuck, wizard. <laughs> Fuck, you, like, a thousand dollar proxy set that I don't even get every card in it. Fuck you, Wizards of the Coast. Are you out? Like, how? How How are you celebrating the 30th anniversary of this great card game by middle fingering every single player who put Three dollars and nine or two ninety five a pack when Alpha and Beta were coming out. How do you fuck every single person who never got a chance to touch those cards by saying it's a thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars per booster for the thirtieth anniversary proxy cards that aren't even real Magic cards, but you're charging thousand dollars for four booster packs that you can't even guarantee. Oh, you'll get dual lands. You can't use them anywhere. They're not tournament legal. Then what the fuck are they? Like, what the hell, wizards? Uh, okay, Ed, can I ask you a question? Is it going to sell out? 100%. You'll have the whales that will buy it. And okay, wizards, so, so who's will... right? Who's wrong? Well, <laughs> short-term gains, long-term <laughs> loss. Like, sure, they are going to boost their fourth quarter numbers 
by selling those sets out and they are going to blow away a bunch of fans who have genuinely had enough of their shit. Like it, I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around the mentality. Like if you were going to do it, that they should have done, if you're going to charge a thousand dollars for it, which I think is completely absurd for non-playable proxy cards. If you really were going to go down that route, you should have just done the same thing that the, um, the collector set did, or the international set did with every single card, one of every card. So you put that thousand dollars down, hard earned money, you're guaranteed to get a Lotus. You're guaranteed to get the five Moxon. You're guaranteed to get the power nine in that set. Instead, money, 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 money. People are just going to keep buying these until they sell out. And like, and they're not, you can't even play them. They're not tournament legal. They, they have a symbol on them that clearly indicates that they are from the 30th anniversary kit. They don't have the proper backs on them. They're not real magic cards. What are you doing, wizards? Like, I can't, I can't wrap my head so, around it. So, was that, would that mean that if I offered you a Black Lotus that was real for a thousand dollars, you wouldn't buy it because you can't play that? Bullshit, I'd play that. I, I'd play you it. You can't, in, it's, I, not, it's not legal in standard. It's, it doesn't have, so... There are other <laughs> there are other tournaments and there are other competitive play that aren't yeah, standard. Exactly. Are you saying that when the store run says, "Yeah, you can use those," because I want you to spend a thousand dollars? The my point, I suppose, <laughs> is the fact that if you're going to print, that's all they are. Is what, what I'm saying cards. is, I will make it legal. <laughs> I'll make it. My point is, if you're going to print proxy cards, that should have been a fifty dollar box set. Ah. Uh, everybody every, the whole point to celebrating 50 years of magic should have been everybody gets a chance to touch these cards that like especially for the people like that weren't around in 92 93 like we were that, that got a chance to play with those cards like people that have only heard of these mysteries these mythical cards that they're never going to touch because they're thousands and thousands of dollars if you really wanted to give that back to the players with non-playable versions of the cards you should have sold them for 50 dollars get like i don't know eight booster packs out of there and be able to do like do a full booster box draft out of complete proxy cards that you could literally throw in the trash when you were done because they're not worth a damn. Like I, there are so many ways that this could have been sure. They're going to sell out of those thousand dollar box sets. They would have sold out cases and cases, pallets of booster boxes at $50 a pop to do booster drafts out of the beta set. A hundred percent guarantee that. And then you make it an evergreen product that it's always around. Like, like how do you know that there won't be something else? So I, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> So you're not excited for magic in 2023 then? Is that not what you're trying to say? Not in the slightest. Okay. Like not in the room. Like I've, I'm done giving wizards my money. I'm oh, keeping, luckily, I, luckily I, I can get you to buy Onslaught instead. Sure. Sure. And you know, and wizards can can still get the pound of flesh. It'll be fine. Oh, they'll get my pound of flesh, but they're getting it for a completely different product. Yes. Because <laughs> what a great transition. Because Onslaught, I didn't even know about. Now that I know Alex Dave is tied to it, I'm way more interested than I was 10 minutes before I knew that it existed. And it looks freaking badass. Yeah. So uh, the cool stuff, I think, for Onslaught is, one, it plays really quick. Uh, it's going to have the FFGOP model, from what I understand. So there's going to be organized play kits. Uh, and the scenario and stuff like that. They've already announced the next two factions. So you're going to have the, um, the Zentrim are obviously the bad guys from the D&D &D status set, the evil people in, uh, is it Waterdeep? 
uh, the like, thieves guild and stuff like that of Waterdeep and uh, yeah, the Harpers. Yeah, it's all forgotten. Yeah, the Harpers are the good guys, but then they've already announced the the Red Wizards and the uh, the Many Arrows. I think it was called. Did I did I scroll too far? Uh, the the Many Arrows, uh, an aggressive and hard hitting faction comprised of Orc warriors and their allies, and the Red Wizards uh, were nefarious and scheming faction of powerful spellcasters. But yeah, um, it comes obviously. These miniatures come pre-painted, and I believe the miniatures for Onslaught are exclusive to Onslaught. So which, like, also, that, which also that makes it scale. No, they're the same scale, but oh, they're okay. exclusive sculpts and paint. So they're pre-painted miniatures for Onslaught. So like, if you've got a Dragonborn, um, like a Dragonborn Sorcerer, I think it is that comes in the pack. Let me take a look. In you this... can use you can use any dragonborn sorcerer that wigan uh, that wizards make or what wiz kids make. So you can use the frameworks dragonborn sorcerer. You can use the deep cuts dragonborn sorcerer. You can use the the blind box dragonborn sorcerer or this exclusive sculpt that only comes in this box. So this is another way of taking away from like the blind box aspect of it. Yeah, if you right. want to run a game of D and D. Where you have some harpers in it, on sorts just double value because you're getting that stuff for your D and D campaigns as well, and that starter box includes a fucking shitload of monsters. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. twenty one pre painted miniatures, including a black dragon, including a troll, uh, including one of my favorite favorite level one uh, monsters to ever fight. <laughs> You've got kobolds in there, and I love kobolds. Like so, what's what's well, interesting to me, the reason why this and it doesn't surprise me knowing that Alex Davis is in touch of the project now is the competitive OP. Well, maybe not necessarily competitive, although it did sound like that the way that the the readout that's the way I I read it is that it is going so to I. be and with like I said with Alex involved, that totally makes sense to me. But I can't remember a time yeah. where wizards dip their toe into the competitive. So so remember, this is Wiz Kids, not Wizards. And Wiz I know, Kids, I Wiz know. Kids did do the competitive, and we'll call it competitive. It's more like AMG competitive rather than with like fantasy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because if you if you think about the massive void that the uh, I mean, there's no beating around the bush, the massacre of the FFG OP team that Asmodee did all since the merger. And I'm not just talking about handing over to um, AMG. Like, they'd been systematically destroying that OP team for a long time before yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, cutting down and trimming it and cutting it and trimming it and being like lean and all of the, all of those good corporate buzzwords that just mean people lose their jobs. But yeah, there's a gap in the market for that, I think. And I'm with, hoping that this fills it. With Attack Wing, there were... So with the Attack Wing games, they would give out special ships or special yeah. figures, you know, the dragon. Yeah, and, and those are the be, ones that turn yeah. out to be the most powerful ones in the game, which is but, but, grossly the thing for, their game. So uh, the thing the, for Attack Wing, Wing... Yeah, uh, D&D Attack Wing, I think, was just a bad product. I was just trying to cash in on the flight passes. Uh, yep. that, this that, is cashing that, in on the literally. Fact. They well the D and D. Well, actually, both of them, both of the Attack Wing games, cashed in on the fact that the models preexisted. Yeah, like so. What I what, yeah, what I was gonna say is that this cashes in on the fact that um, 
a large portion of the people who played 5e, it is a combat-heavy system that functions really well. And this is leaning on that, and that people already have it and play it. And you, if you can play 5e, you can already play this. It's not, you know, there's nothing to it at all to, to take that leap. And yeah, I'm really excited for it. And we were talking about the $139.99 US price tag for this, for the, the miniatures-based corset. I've heard rumors that there's supposed to be a, uh, a starter box, like a core components box, which doesn't include the miniatures. So if you already have WizKids miniatures, you can skip on that and just get card packs and upgrade packs like that. I've not seen confirmation of it on any product listings, so I can't like confirm nor deny it. It is just a rumor as of this moment, a hearsay. But uh, that dragon looks like it would re- that's the size that would retail for eighty nine ninety nine Canadian, so fifty five US for that size dragon. I want to like say sixty nine, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like. The dragon, the troll, like just the Eton. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's value in that box at that price point if you don't care about the game. Yeah, (laughs) which is just crazy to say. Right. But there are people that will buy it just for the minis. Oh, I agree. Yeah, these are unique minis. And something I do want to say, and this is just from past experience dealing with Fantasy Flight stuff, there is some Fantasy Flight past influence in this by if you look at the the bedlam warlock card with all the dials and stuff it kind of reminds me of the rune wars the way yeah, rune so, wars was and that's um, what i said like you can feel alex's fingerprints yeah. on this game yeah, yeah so the, the bedlam warlock from what i understand is they have the rights to use the classes and the the law from forgotten realms for like the factions and stuff but mm-hmm. what they couldn't do, for example, is call this a, a Hexblade Warlock. Not a way to do that. They don't have the right to that. Okay. But it can have an ability called Packblade. Mm-hmm. It can have an Eldritch Blast. It can have um, yeah. all of yeah. this stuff. So like, it's pretty obvious that this Tiefling... So Bedlam is the name of this Tiefling, who is a Warlock class, and he has a Packblade, which is... Um, I think I can't really see the symbols popping. It's been a while since I played it, but uh, it's plus five to hit. So it's going to be you roll your 2d20s, add five to it, and then you're aiming against armor class. This guy's armor class, for example, would be 12. 12. Yep. Yeah. As he takes damage, your armor class can either go up or down because it's on the same dial. So you can get people who get tougher as they get more hurt. Mm-hmm. And get or, so, or so get weaker yeah yeah so it is speed for armor 12 with 10 wounds at the moment on is what is shown on the card and then when he takes more wounds then yeah. those the stats will change and yeah. they're static stats too it's yeah all will change and, at one time god what does that yeah. remind me of there was another game and i don't know if this is the what there was another game that did this where the stats would go down as you got further and further down i'm trying uh, it'll come to me not x-wing no, not X Wing. It was a it was a game. It was a game that predated X Wing. I'll I'll think about it while you guys are talking. Yeah. Uh, the other cool thing, uh, obviously, you gain XP for doing stuff, which then lets you buy upgrade cards. So like you can level up mid fight. 
battle, which gives you either like an extra ability or a better weapon, things yep. like that. So it might give you access to an extra spell um, and that kind of thing. And then you have, so this Warlock has a strike. So it, it's make a melee attack and it gains an additional plus three to hit and plus one damage, I think that symbol is. Um, and at the moment on the dial, it's showing a tick. The way that works is that you click it around and then it has a cooldown period. So it'll be like a three. So then it goes down to a two, then a one, and then it comes back to a check mark, which means you paid $8 to Twitter. I mean, um, it means yeah. that you got to, your abilities ready to use again. And then, yep. yeah. So you've you've got inbuilt balancing from the uh, the abilities in that they're all like time and turn round based. But yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I'm really excited for it. I really enjoyed it when I played it. Um, I'm glad that it's not proprietary dice. Just using those D20s is cool. It feels like you're playing D&D &D and yep. not like messing around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, so I did not know about this before tonight, but this is goes on my list for, you know, January potential purchases. And I have to go pick so, up my, my stuff on Saturday. I'll probably put this on pre-order. So I'd heard that, um, let me read back up on it, um, just so I can double check. Yeah, I'd, I'd thought that they were going to try to sell copies at Gen Con. That's what they told me uh, when I was at Gamma, that they wanted to have it out uh, at Gen Con. Um, but it, like I said, COVID and China and sh global shipping and all of that happened. So yeah. Yeah, I, I I would hope January because like we're shipping these out to stores now because obviously I've got my preview copy, uh, well not preview copy, sorry my yeah my preview copy for the store to run events for. They didn't send it to me personally, as sad as that makes me. Um, I pilfered it from the store so I could talk about it tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Hopefully it comes out in January, and yeah, the other thing. I've got a board game I'm excited for, but before you before you dive into that, I, maybe it was War Machine. It's been a it's been a hot minute since I did that, but I think as Jacks took damage, they fell into different um, how many hit points, how hard they were to hit, that kind of thing. Maybe that's what it was. Someone correct me. Someone correct me. The is it now with uh, vehicles having the uh, the bands? Dude, like I distinctly remember. Depending on, and I feel like it was a random, like you pulled random miniatures out of a, a blind box and maybe it was the old original Dungeons and Dragons one, but depending on which cards you got and whether you got like the common version, the uncommon, the rare or the ultra rare version, their stats were different. Um, same miniature with a different colored base. God, I can't, I can't think of the game. It's going to bother me for the rest of the night. It'll come to me in the morning. I'll be in the shower and I'll be going, oh, that's the game. Anyway board game that you're super excited for uh, so i'm excited for marvel dagger which was announced by fantasy flight games so um obviously they uh still publish board games so a new one coming out and what's this article said today uh, this is an old article now what's the date on it uh, oh this is from august so when i say today i don't mean today i mean august um the head of Fantasy Fight Games studio, Chris Gerber, announced Marvel Dagger, a new tabletop game featuring Marvel characters. Didn't explain what kind of game Marvel Dagger would be, but he noted that Dagger stood for Defense Alliance for Global and Galactic Emergency Response. It was described as a board game as opposed to a card game. And um, yeah, so 
I like FFG games. The only one I haven't bought oh, wow. recently is uh, I didn't get Unfathomable because I don't have enough friends to play it with in person. <laughs> you know, it's one of those um, social. And you need them. <laughs> yeah, it it just doesn't work at a lower thing. But um, I generally like to give them a good look for uh, those types of games. So Marvel what was, Dagger. What was the what was the game you just said? Marvel Dagger. With um, dagger being capital letters with full stops all the way along. Is it in their news feed, or is this something you heard about elsewhere? This is on comicbook.com. Gotcha. Okay. Hero yeah, if you just if you by the if way, you Google it, Hero Clicks is the one you're thinking of. Yeah, because you had like you had different versions of Spider-Man that you could have. You could have the common version yep. of Spider-Man, the uncommon, and then like depending on how much damage it took, their dials would change as far as what their stats were. That's what it was. Wait. Who makes hero clicks again? Wizkids. Yeah. Oh, so just, it totally wait, makes sense. Weird. How, weird. Weird. It all <laughs> makes sense. It all we went full circle there, kids. Ed was having yeah. a psychotic moment. I apologize. I couldn't get it out of my head because I did play that game and that game was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I got um, into it a very little bit. They also make like that dice game too. Dice Masters. Dice yeah. Masters. Yeah. So the other thing as well is obviously the onslaught comes with pre-painted miniatures. Yep. A good thing for me is that they also sell unpainted miniatures. I was going to ask that question because I'm, I was kind of curious to see how long it would take someone to strip the model and repaint it. Well, you don't have to because you can just, because you're allowed to use any of the WizKid models. But let me see. I mean, I can only hold it up for you to see on the thing. But like, I mean, yeah, I'll post awesome. pictures of them. Like, these have a pre-paint, so I think it's... Yeah, I have. I, I have. feel like they, they've done a the closer to X Wing than they are Attack Wing. If that makes okay. any sense, to people. It does. Well, because I was going to ask because we all have our standards on the pre-painted. It's one of the things I will always, yeah. always give Fantasy Flight credit for. The the it was really neat to have that conversation with Alex and um, the um, <laughs> Max Brooks <laughs> on the pre the printing process of how they do it and how they actually take those models for X-Wings and how they do the pre, uh, pre-painting. pre For those that don't know, it's literally just a mold that's got paint on it and just kind of squishes the model in the mold and it applies to paint that way. And then there's a wash uh, step that goes after it. And Yeah, these are all washed and shaded. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good... If you're not into painting your own miniatures, it's a good tabletop standard from five feet away from the table they look like what they're supposed to look like and if that's the same method that they took for here that that should be exciting but it, it is it is because they've been doing this for a long time right they and they're the, improving they do, the process they do the icon of the realms blind boxes and stuff all of those types of things too Sure, I have oodles and oodles I mean, of the old Wizards ones that weren't very good pre-painted well see I have both I have older one. I have over a couple hundred of the pre-painted wizard style models. And, you know, here's the deal. If you're playing D&D, who gives a crap what it looks like? Because it's going to exactly. be on the table for five minutes at the most. You know, during the combat, then you're going to take it off and you'll reuse it if there's another combat that use it, you know. Now, the minis that you're going to use for your characters might be different, where you're going to buy uh, Bones minis or something like that to, you know, reaper miniatures or something reaper like that. yeah you know yep. it's that that's the whole point is that you know the characters you love are the ones that you're gonna put all the time and effort into hopefully and then the ones that you know so, you don't, those are the pre-paint 
So when Bedlam has taken five wounds, because I believe he has, yeah, he has ten. Once he's taken five, his AC goes up to fourteen, his speed goes down to three. Yeah. yeah. See. I've got a thing in front of me. I don't know why I didn't just look at this earlier. All right, all right. So you're physically holding the card because that was one of my concerns is like, how durable is the cardboard? Because I keep thinking about. That's, uh, if you look at that, that's cardboard. It's. Yeah, it's it's... not heavy card. It's like card stock. It's not card, like, it's not as thick as FFG templates. I was thinking FFG styles because one of the. It's thinner than that. Because one of those uh, signs of like, ooh, I'm playing against someone that knows what the hell they're doing is what this is before the plastic dial covers that they had before that like everyone uses those now. Like if you had someone that's running tie uh, swarm and they lay down seven tie dials and those son of a bitches are worn to hell and back, they're almost white. You're like, oof, this is gonna be a rough game because this guy has played tie fighters a lot. Yeah, but you know you're just. You're you're just crushing it between two pieces of paper base of cardstock paper I mean, to make it work, you know. Maybe there's like a mod you could do with some acrylic and yeah, some. I was gonna say, you know, maybe yeah, maybe there uh, might be a market there. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe a website, you know, that maybe maybe someone might support it and, and potentially you could do it with like with all of the image, all the images and... still on there and stuff. Yeah, be pretty cool. And magnetic dials, and, you know. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. Who who can say? Who can yep. say? Who can say? All right. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to, just so you know, is getting my copy of Dark Tower. Oh, so that's right. That's the re- right. Reprint of Dark Tower. That's the main thing because I spent a crap ton of money on it. I'm excited to get that. And the good thing is, is it's a reprint, so it's already been made. You know, so I know that I'll get it at some point in time. And that's the thing I'm most excited about. I don't really have any arcade machines or anything. And I can only fit one more in my arcade anyway without having to, you know, sell. Re, 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 reshuffle. Yeah, well, no, no, no. It's sell at this point. Oh. I can get one, one more three-quarter scale in and then it's done. And I'll have a video here as soon as I get some stuff for one of my machines so that I can move it. Um, and then I'll have the arcade finalized where everything's at. And then I'll take a video of it. And then everybody can see what what it is that I have in my arcade. But um, but right now, no machines have hit my fancy. Um, and the only types of machines I would buy are special ones. So if they came out with a um, Sinistar machine three-quarter scale, I would buy that. If it had the 49-way joystick. You know, th- there's very few that I want now because I have literally all of them anyway yeah um uh, just because um it's right in front of me and i didn't even read it so it's been sat in front of me all night and i've not read it um on the actual website it does say this is for onslaught still sorry uh please note that the release date for the initial launch of dungeons and dragons onslaught course that has been moved to january 2023 however players should be on the lookout this fall for opportunities to preview and demo the game at a friendly local game store before the real quest begins so obviously this arrived on Friday at the store, I think, um, and then another two, another three copies arrived today. So I have enough to start running demos tomorrow. Um, but basically, if you have a friendly local game store, speak to them, tell them you're interested. It's really cheap for a store to get this. Well, I think it cost us seventeen Canadian dollars per kit, like, mm. eight, like twenty bucks for the demo kit. That 
you know what I mean? It, it's yep. throw. It should be throwaway money to get some pre-orders for this game. So, right, talk to your stores. Um, yep. al- along with the onslaught core set, players will have the opportunity for in-store play immediately after the initial core set release with the launch OP kit. So it's hitting the ground running, and then there seems to be an image of a mimic, uh, and it's onslaught mimic card. So that would indicate to me that maybe the first kit's going to have a mimic in it. Woohoo, probably. Does it have a figure too? Yep, there's a, a miniature, a, a mimic miniature that's fully painted. Uh, yeah. And so then. Uh, that's how WizKid does it, is kind of like the, the winner of the event or whatever gets gets that figure in cards that go with it. Other people will get other cards and stuff. That's how WizKids, in the so past, think... did, their, did their OP. I, I don't know. So this is definitely conjecture. My expectation is that this is actually a uh, a minion thing, which would be an environmental effect, like for goblins in the scenario from the preview kit. So it looks like it might be part of a, a scenario that is with the launch kit. So maybe there's, like, theoretically, if the kit's for eight players, maybe there'll be four mimics, and the winner of the game gets to keep it, maybe. Or, like, you'd hope that they'd just put enough that everyone gets one. Or that the the kit supports enough if you need it for the game kind of thing to play that scenario. Well, well, that's all conjecture, so don't don't take that to a bank. Well, I'm interested. I I I think I might ask Santa for the <laughs> the pre order for the kit. Just to, if nothing else, like like Sean said, the miniatures alone make the value worth it. Let alone yeah. the fact there's a cool game potentially based behind it and alex made the game and i'm I'm a big fan of some of the stuff he's done so yeah, yeah. so th- this to me I-, I paid for squadrons twice because i wanted to reward ea for doing something good i, I bought f- i've paid for fallen order twice because i got it on xbox and i sold my xbox to buy a playstation so i bought it again on playstation made but i made sure i bought it retail kind of thing i didn't go and get it used um and I think this kind of, to me, goes along those lines of like, this is the type of game I would want WizKids to make. Mm-hmm. So I should reward them for making it by giving them my money. So, yeah. Uh, we'll and the other thing is, is that if you want them to keep making it, you yeah. support <laughs> you you support the events, the the kits like Chris was talking about. You know, they're scenario driven. You know, you you basically go to your game store and support those too, with what you buy. You know, that's the other coolest cool thing is that what you have in your core set or the two factions or whatever you call them kits that are going to be coming out with it. I mean, right there, that you already have what you need to play. Yeah. You know, and then it's just scenario driven after that. These are those are great things also for younger kids to learn how to play these things too. Yeah. These these act yeah. these you know, Dragon Wing and Attack Wing or X Wing was way different. You know, yeah. One thing that, you know, everybody forgets about X Wing is X Wing came with the scenario cards. And nobody ever played the scenarios. <laughs> they did. They're so every box set, you're right, had the scenario and they were scenario. all uniquely scenarios. I remember every single one of them. I I had them. I remember keeping them all stacked. Every single scenario that came with it, the big boxes. And all the chits and cardboard pieces and everything else you needed for it. That and I think I played I played the stuff that came in the starter box to be able to learn how to play the game. And then after that, I don't recall playing many of those scenarios. Whenever um, Epic came out, we played some of the scenarios that came out for Epic. Mm-hmm. But that was it. 
Yeah. 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 So I think that that's about us, I suppose. I, I mean, we've run pretty long on this one, but we had that negativity in the middle, so I wanted to make sure we gave it that time to bring it back up afterwards. It's not so. my fault. You mentioned wizards. You mentioned magic sets. <laughs> not my no, fault. No, no, not that. That, <laughs> that was just me poking the book because it was funny. Yeah. I was just baiting hey, hey, you hey, in the set. Hey, Chris, we need to figure out a way to be able to play Onslaught online. Yes. Where uh, we I'm can pretty play. sure like we could immediately play it right now with whatever we, what did we use for D D again? I can't remember. Roll twenty. Oh, yeah, because it's it's literally just D D. <laughs> no no no, I know, but I mean, yeah. you know, using the pieces and all that, you know, figure out a way yeah. to, to have the cameras and everything set up and you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um I, I'll be I mean, I'm not going to say it on her, so I am because I can't be bothered by editing this out. But um, I plan to try to do some gameplay videos and stuff, but as you can see behind me, you two, everyone else can imagine the giant <laughs> piles of stuff on the table behind me. That This mm-hmm. table was cleared last Wednesday for me to play Arkham, and now it's filled with garbage again. Uh, I mean, that's the funny... So you see all of the sprues behind me? I do. That's because I, I couldn't find my 40 orc dice i had orc dice from when i got the beast snagger box and then i was like what the fuck are these dice and i was looking for them for weeks and i they were used to be in one of my pencil case holder things on my desk but and i couldn't get pens in it and i remember being fucked off but i couldn't put my pens in so i tipped them in something and then i couldn't remember what i tipped them in so they <laughs> i found a bag of sprues in the garage behind boxes of unbuilt stuff that when i picked it up rattled i was like that sounds like dice this is my arc dice so i had to tip them all out on the table and count all 40 dice so yeah that's why there are multiple sprues just spread across the table because once i got my dice i stopped curring and walked away (laughs) Uh, yeah um so that is us obviously there's a bunch of dice hate related news coming and everything like the website has been neglected sorry folks the instagram's been neglected because i've been working like all the hours god sends trying to get stuff done to like launch the store in january but if you wanted to uh be first in the know for all of that stuff you can support us on patreon and you'll get your uh your discounts and things like that for all of those products there uh that would be dice hate productions on patreon you should join the discord and be involved in the conversation though let us know what games you're excited for for 2023 are you all in on hating shatterpoint because it's going to kill legion are you like gonna not bother playing onslaught because it's a wids kids D game so it's going to die after two years like every other one that ever came out you know just deprive yourself of that fun because you don't want to stop having fun in two years time I don't know, but you can tell us all about it on the Discord. Uh, anyone got anything else before I close out? One last thing. Yeah. I am going to give the Ed Mushy warning right here. I apologize in advance. Um, it is uh, Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and one of the traditions here in the U.S. for the holiday of Thanksgiving is giving thanks to the things you're genuinely thankful for. 
And I just wanted to take a quick moment to be thankful for my two closest and dearest friends who I never, ever get to see. I cannot tell you, no matter what the topic, no matter what we're covering, what game we're covering, I am extraordinarily thankful for my two close friends and all the fun that we have had in front of microphones and on Discord and all the other stuff that we've done over the years. So to both of you, I just want to say thank you. Oh. I don't know what my, like, honestly, I don't know what my life would be without you two in my life. i just throwing that out there. It'd be <laughs> very boring. Get more sweet. You get more sweep on Thursdays and Tuesdays. I would definitely get yelled at less. So I'm like, why the hell are your friends texting you at midnight? And I'm like, because it's not midnight in Canada right now for Christmas. They're two yeah, hours you know. behind us. Yeah, you know. I wanted to uh, show you all pictures of my orcs getting like, beat from uh, from Votan stuff and things. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's super hard not to open my eyes and go, I, I know that was Chris. What was going on? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's been good. I was thankful for you too like, a month ago, so like, you, you, I'm done with that now. Yeah, yeah I'm done. I, I got to be thankful first because Canada. Yeah. You, guys, <laughs> you get everything first. You get the snow first. We had snow here. We actually had people have accidents in the ice and snow. Uh, we have um, most of the snow is nearly gone now. We're, we're nearly through first winter. We've only got 17 <laughs> more winters to go. It's like Hobbit first. breakfast. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes, we yeah. had first breakfast, but we have second breakfast. <laughs> I don't think he knows about second breakfast. With him. <laughs> oh, when Tolkien was good. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, thanks a lot, Ed. Um, I hope, hope you had fun. I know I always appreciate having the time to talk to you. As do I. Uh, I have the next episode. I am saving it for a surprise, though. We, I will, I will only tease the fact we are definitely going to do something I don't believe we have ever done before in a show. Come on, make good content. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, keep it under forty-five minutes. <laughs> not for <Nope>. this show. <laughs> not for this show. Are you out of your mind? Oh. No, that's it. That's all I got. Thanks. I'm happy to be yeah. here. Thanks a lot, Sean. Yep. It's great to be here. Yeah. And finally, thank you to all the listeners. <laughs> we uh, we really enjoy the fact that anyone puts up with us doing these three-hour travesties. Um, hopefully there was some stuff for you to enjoy tonight, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. <laughs>